Blog Talk Radio. I feel like this all the time trying to politically awaken people that they're being lied to, that there's an agenda. It's not left or right. It's, hey, there's mind control going on. The signals broadcast 24 hours a day through all this media. Just become aware of it, and they'll say, there's nothing going on. And I want to say, put on these glasses or start chewing concrete. have taken the hearts and minds of our leaders. They have recruited the rich and the powerful, and they have blinded us to the truth. The question is, do we all work for central bankers? That's what I want to address to our guests tonight. Our impulses are being redirected. We are living in an artificially induced state of consciousness that resembles sleep. An estimated 50 to 70 million Americans suffer from a sleep disorder or sleep deprivation. Outside the limit of our sight, feeding off us, perched on top of us from birth to death, are our owners. Latest census numbers prove the United States has the biggest gap between rich and poor compared to all westernized countries today. Our projections show that by the year 2025, not only America, but the entire planet will be under the protection and the dominion of this power alliance. The gains have been substantial, both for ourselves and for you, the human power elite. And for the first time in all of human history, mankind is politically awakened. That's a total new reality. I've got one that can see. We can't be the only ones who can see. Unfortunately, you've grown up hearing voices that incessantly warn of government as nothing more than some separate sinister entity that's got at the root of all our problems. It's a new morning in America. Fresh. Try to hold on to reason Why can't you see that you're leaving? 
Dodge, that's right. The Obama deception. I guess was, I heard everybody was talking about Obama saying he's running the show or whatever. So we're going to go into the Obama deception here tonight and uh, play a little bit of that and uh, go from there. And then we got some stuff to talk about. So see how this goes first. Hopefully it plays all right. Contrary to the rumors that you've heard, I was not born in a manger. I was actually born on crypto and sent here to save the planet Earth. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we set. Everybody from over 1825 will serve three months of basic training. Yes, we can. Obama is the cool host. He works for Wall Street. He's an agent of finance capital. Where did you come up with the number $700 billion? Here's the uh, Treasury spokeswoman's quote. It's not based on any particular data point. We just really wanted to come up with a really big number. The Democrats and Republicans who've opposed this plan, I said, step up to the plate. A few members were even told that there would be martial law in America if we voted no. Secretary Henry Paulson is no George Washington. I don't think anyone questions, Mr. Kashkari, that you're working hard. Our question is who you're working for. Obama pledged that he would resume the security and prosperity partnership talks between Mexico and Canada that President Bush initiated. The old boss is starting to look a lot like the new boss. Robert Gates is going to remain on the job as defense secretary for at least a year. Plenty of sources knew about this meeting, uh, told us and others that it was at Hillary Clinton's house, but clearly uh, it wasn't. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. We see you closing a discussion so you can blow out the economy, you consolidate and We know that you are enemies of free humanity, and we are here standing against your tyranny. The Obama deception, the truth strikes back. Iraq is like the manager of Burger King. All presidents are including Bush. It's like this. When you fry the coal, if your burger's not done right, you go back to Burger King, America, or your government, and you say, my burger's cold. I want new fries. First, you go to the cashier. That's the court. You urge you to the court. The court, if you can't get no justice with the cashier, you say, let me see the manager. I want to go to the Supreme Court. I want to see the president. The manager comes out. What can I do for you? Now, the manager can override the decisions of the cashier. 
but she's never been to see the franchise owner of Burger King. If you really have a problem with your burger, you need to go see the franchise owner. We need to go to the top or to the bottom. We need to go to where the real architecture of government is. And it's not in a president. It's in a global scheme. Politics in America today is identical to pro-Russia. And what I mean by that is, in front of the cameras and the public, we all hate each other. And I'm going to kick my opponent's butt. I'm going to wail him from here to high water and beat the crap out of him. Yet behind the scenes, we all have friends going out to dinner. And, and it's all a work. All in America. It's showbiz. And that's what you have today in politics. The Democrats and Republicans aren't really opposed to each other. Left and right mean nothing. The only thing that counts is, are you working for Wall Street or are you trying to defend the people against the financiers? It's pretty obvious that there's some gigantic financial institutions that have been pulling the strings of politicians in this country for a long time. And just the, the, the fact that we have it set up where they can donate millions of dollars to these guys' funds, these guys' campaigns. I mean, how do we not expect it at all to go bad? America in 2009 was desperate for change. The past eight years have been a disaster. Those weapons of mass destruction got to be somewhere. Maybe under here. George W. Bush, who had claimed to be a conservative, had tripled the size of the federal government, shredded the Constitution, and destroyed the image of the United States worldwide. Nope, no weapons over there. <laughs> Endless wars, over a million dead Iraqis, and more than 5,000 dead U.S. troops. The Patriot Act, warrantless domestic wiretapping and spying, the end of posse comitatus, the rise of the treasonous North American Union, a deepening recession sliding towards total economic collapse. These factors and other abuses have the American people in a state of panic for their future and the very existence of the United States. The elite were in trouble. The people were beginning to see through their facade, past their front man, and to the ruling elite behind the throne. For the first time in U.S. history, both parties were universally hated. Congress had a 9% approval rating. The globalist agenda had stalled. And then, onto the scene came a man who promised change. Change we could all believe in. Barack H. Obama promised to end the war and bring our troops home fast. He pledged to uphold the Constitution and to stop the federal government from spying on the American people. Candidate Obama told American workers that he was going to get them out of NAFTA and GATT. And he's already breaking those promises. In this film, we will prove that Obama says one thing and does another, and that he works for the very same elite interest that Bush served, the very interest engineering the financial collapse 
and formation of a dictatorial world government. This film is not about left or right. It is nonpartisan. Our past documentary films have among some of the most damning indictments of George W. Bush and his administration that have ever been made. If humanity has any hope of affecting real change for the better, it will not come from the Madison Avenue false reality makers who have cast Barack Obama as the savior of the world. To alter our course from tyranny to liberty, to defeat the corrupt elite, we must get past the puppets and confront the real power structure of the planet. Now we can see a new world coming into view. A world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order. Webster Griffin Tarpley is an accomplished geopolitical analyst and historian. Among his scholarly works are the unauthorized biographies of George Herbert Walker Bush and Barack Hussein Obama. Since Bush the Elder made his speech at the United Nations back in September of 1990 talking about the new world order, I think I've become confused about what's actually going on in the world. The new world order is a more palatable name for the Anglo-American world empire. It's the planetary domination of London, New York, Washington, over the rest of the world. It's hard to get people to join that or think they have a part in it if you call it the Anglo-American world empire. If you call it the new world order, then people in India or someplace like that or the European Union might think, well, there's something in that for us too. But that's not what it is. It's the Anglo-American new world order. It's really the old world order. It's the British Empire morphing into the American Empire. The U.S.-British world empire is, is what you're going to get. Combines of powerful men have always battled with each other over the levers of power. Gerald Salente is recognized as one of the world's foremost trends forecasters and is the founder of the Trends Research Institute. People that are knowledgeable know that the fight that this country has been waging since its inception is for the central bankers not to take over the country. And that's why people like Andrew Jackson were elected. And that's why people revere people like Thomas Jefferson and others. The takeover is happening. And it's a corporate takeover. Agents of the Bank of England attempted to assassinate President Andrew Jackson on multiple occasions because of his resistance against a private central bank being set up in the United States. And it was something that Abraham Lincoln warned. And this is, by the way, why I believe he was assassinated. This is the Lincoln quote. The money powers prey upon the nation in times of peace and conspire against it in times of adversity. It is more despotic than monarchy, more insolent than autocracy, more selfish than bureaucracy. I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of my country. Corporations have been enthroned. An era of corruption will follow, and the money power of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudices of the people until the wealth is aggregated in a few hands and the republic is destroyed. Wall Street has killed Main Street. So I know how unpopular it is to be seen as helping banks right now, especially when everyone is suffering in part from their bad decisions. I promise you, I get it. Up until about 
the Kennedy assassination and the beginning of the war in Vietnam, the United States is a very powerful engine for world progress. It's the assassination, it's the Kennedy assassination and the others in the 1960s, the beginning of the Vietnam War and the beginning of the absolute domination of the Wall Street group over every other interest. Nobody else counts except the Wall Street money master. That has now made the United States into uh, no longer a force for progress, but something very different, often a force for destruction in the world. The military-industrial complex has taken over the country along with the Wall Street gangs. If you look also at the people that Obama has put on his appointments list, it's all Wall Street. It's government of Wall Street, by Wall Street, and for Wall Street. There's nobody from heavy industry. There's nobody from the auto sector. Nobody from Silicon Valley. Nobody from big oil. Nobody from defense. No labor. No women. No retirees. No small business. Nothing. It's pure Wall Street. The only people who have a voice in Obama's council are Wall Street finance oligarchs. That's all there is. Nobody else counts for anything under Obama. It's the most extreme Wall Street administration we've ever had. Before his death, President Woodrow Wilson apologized to the public, regretting that he had been deceived by a group of international bankers and the country's financial system had fallen into their iron grip via the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. Whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex, the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Dwight D. Eisenhower, he warned the people that the military-industrial complex was taking over the country. Only three years after leaving office, President Eisenhower's prophetic warning concerning the threat posed to our system of government by the military-industrial complex came to pass. President John F. Kennedy had enraged the entire elite network. Now, Kennedy was brought in as somebody who was expected to be a puppet. It was thought that his pro-Nazi father, Joseph P. Kennedy, the bootlegger, the speculator, would uh, guarantee that Kennedy would be obedient to the establishment. They thought that Kennedy was a sex maniac who could be manipulated through all of this, but it turned out that through his personal suffering, Kennedy had discovered a personal sense of himself, which went beyond just being a puppet, and he began to think about things like economic recovery, world peace, having a space program, uh, making deals with uh, the Soviets, cutting the uh, Federal Reserve down to size, and a whole series of other things. Executive Order Number 11110, signed by President Kennedy, began the process of abolishing the private Federal Reserve. Kennedy was also pushing for real civil rights reform and had begun the process of pulling the troops out of Vietnam. The last time you had an actual president was uh, Kennedy. An oligarch took swift and decisive action. When John Kennedy attempted to take the government back from the lobby barons, he was brutally murdered. The message to future U.S. presidents and leaders across the world was clear. Do as you're told or die. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was the last true president of the United States. And until the globalists are removed from power, we will never have another real one. The other thing about the American presidency, you've got to remember, is that this is a puppet post. It's automatically going to be a puppet post. The idea that Obama is somebody who's going to come in and exercise real authority, when he's obviously been chosen and given everything that he's got by these financiers. Presidents are now little more than corporate pitch men who take all the political heat while the controllers remain in the shadows safe from public scrutiny. 
Hip-hop icon KRS-One is not just known for selling millions of albums. He has led a tireless crusade against youth violence and has been a strong voice for human rights. If they controlled it before, what are you, why don't, what makes you think they're not controlling it now? The country was on the verge of revolution. They threw a black man up. Now we like <laughs> They give him the money. They give him the bundling. They give him vote fraud. They give him the media whores. They give them goons. They even have elected officials making threats to put people in jail if they criticize Obama in public. All of this is the mark of a puppet, uh, and that means that he is uh, a puppet, actually more of a puppet than anybody else, more of a puppet than Mrs. Clinton would have been, even more of a puppet than, than McCain. He's the maximum puppet that we've had certainly since, since Jimmy Carter. They put a black face on the New World Order, and now we all happy. KRS ain't buying it. In the real executive power structure, the president serves the military-industrial complex. It's cell-phoned by the international bankers. If there's a revolution, the population just throws out the prime minister or president. The elite stays in power because the public is never aware of who the real enemy is. In Evian, France, in 1991, standing before the Bilderberg Group, the apex of the world government power structure, David Rockefeller defined the New World Order as a system of world government serving the international banking elite. For decades, the banker-owned media would attack anyone who dared to warn the public that a dictatorial world government was being constructed right under their nose, and that national sovereignty was being deliberately destroyed. And now, after years of denial, the media and the elite themselves are proudly announcing that not only is world government real, but it is the answer to the financial crisis that they carefully engineered. Suddenly, the Wall Street Journal tells us that the North American Union is here and that getting rid of the dollar for a common currency with Canada and Mexico is good. The Financial Times of London, published by a member of the Bilderberg Group, proved that a dictatorial world government had been kept in the shadows for our own good and that it was now time for it to emerge from behind the curtains of national security. White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel stated on record that they can't let this crisis go to waste. We never want a serious crisis to go to waste. And what I mean by that is an opportunity to do things that you think you could not do before. And Henry Kissinger, who gave Barack Obama his first job out of college, told national television that the economic collapse was a great opportunity to bring in the new world order. He went on to say that Barack Obama was the perfect person to sell it to the world. Uh, but he can give new impetus to American foreign policy, partly because the reception of them is so extraordinary around the world. I think his task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity that isn't that a tragedy. In June of 2006, our team traveled to Ottawa, Canada to gather intelligence on the shadow government's agenda for the coming years. I think that's the Queen! Investigative journalist and best-selling author Daniel Eskelin had been tracking the Bilderberg Group for more than 16 years. 
His moles inside Bilderberg informed him that the elite were planning to first run the price of gas up to $150 a barrel, unimaginable in 2006. He also reported that after suckering the middle class back into the stock market, the group was going to implode the subprime mortgage market and destroy public confidence. Well, one of the things that, you know, we're getting from this morning that happened in the conference, this morning conference was about the, uh, the video of the energy crisis, the fact that uh, this, the afternoon conference, which started about 4 o'clock, 4, 4, 30, we were talking about uh, one of the American delegates, I, I wasn't told who exactly it was, was talking about the uh, <clears throat> the concern that the American citizens have had with, the, with you know, with the housing prices going down, so they're not investing that money. So what they needed to do is they needed to create the illusion that everything is going well. So what they're going to do over the next year, year and a half, if to bring the market back up to its 1998-1999 level, they're going to get all the suckers to invest whatever little money they have left over, <coughs> and that's when they're going to make the economy bottom drop out. They need to destroy the economy because as we're running out of oil, when people don't travel, at least that's what they're saying, when people don't travel and people don't have money, they don't travel, they don't spend money, which is going to waste a lot of oil and natural gas. That's the afternoon. How does this source, I mean, it's ballpark, I mean, year after year, Escalon and other reporters like Jim Tucker are able to report on future events with stunning accuracy. All because they know the agenda of the Bilderberg Group. The Bilderberg Group sits at the top of the world power structure. 125 of the richest and most influential individuals on the globe make up its membership. From Istanbul, Turkey to Chantilly, Virginia, we have tracked the elusive Bilderberg Group. Bilderberg always insists on a media blackout. By June of 2008, we had already figured out that Barack Obama was the elite's puppet of choice. The national media claimed that during the weekend the Bilderberg group was scheduled to meet, that Obama had speaking engagements set for Chicago and the Midwest. We knew better. In a classic bait-and-switch, the Obama campaign told the press corps to get on Obama's campaign plane and that Obama would join them on the flight to Chicago, campaign staff then slammed the door shut. The fawning press had been shanghaied as Obama's campaign aircraft lifted off without Obama. Robert, why were we not told about this meeting with the other side of the board of the strike? We had a desire, Senator Obama had a desire to be. Obama wasn't going to Chicago. He had a meeting to attend. A secret meeting. Initially, it was believed that the secret meeting took place at Clinton's Washington, D.C. home. Obama's spokesman denied that, won't confirm where the former rivals met. He also declined to comment on their topics of discussion.
For a day and a half, the mainstream media engaged in a wild goose chase, trying to find out where Hillary and Obama had gone. Three cover stories later, the corporate press had to admit they had no idea where the two candidates had gone. And to this day, Clinton and Obama aren't talking. Plenty of sources knew about this meeting, uh, told us and others that it was at Hillary Clinton's house, but clearly it wasn't. In 2008, the trail led us to the Westfields Marriott Hotel, right outside Washington, D.C. We're just going to Washington, D.C. We're driving to Westfields Marriott. Tomorrow, the hotel's closed. Throughout the week, and the weekend, the Bilderberg Group meeting. If we're going to check in the night before, they're going to kick us out tomorrow. So we're going directly into the belly of the beast. The hotel will be filled with at least five sides. We checked into the Westfields Marriott 48 hours before hotel guests were scheduled to be thrown out ahead of the annual meeting. The building was nestled in the heart of the military-industrial complex, with the National Reconnaissance Office and Raytheon just a stone's throw away. Right now, George, 
brave Americans came from all over the United States and bullhorned the main conference hall at close range as the global power brokers schemed inside. The global elite are desperate to keep their organizational meetings a secret. They are keenly aware that if the population discovers that policy is being developed covertly by powerful special interests, the people will revolt. It is our duty to expose these criminals. It's a criminal act uh, under federal law for federal officials to have private meetings to discuss world policies uh, with uh, non-federal uh, non workers. So everybody from the State Department, Treasury Department, White House, to this Department, and others who show up as they always do, they're committing a criminal act simply by being here to attend a secret meeting with officials from other countries to discuss U.S. policy in the world. So literally, it's a criminal act. And every newspaper, every broadcaster has a patriotic duty to expose these scums and the uh, evil they, they project. The election primaries served as a great diversion while the true future course of the nation was being set behind closed doors. You've got obviously the Bilderberger Group founded by the former Nazi uh, Prince Bernard of Holland. You've got the Trilateral Commission founded by David Rockefeller's Big New Brzezinski. They're the ones who ran the Carter administration, everybody in the Carter administration from Carter and Mondale and Volcker and Brzezinski were all members of the Trilateral Commission. Founding member of Rap Sensation Public Enemy, Professor Griff, gave us his view of the Obama phenomenon. Barack Obama's been given a pass by the blue blood. He's been given the okay by certain secret societies for them to let him in. I truly believe um, imperialism and fascism is a faceless. Uh, and a faceless they're going to have to be black. And the, the reason why I believe that is simply because um, I think they, they, they're trying to go into Africa, but well, they're already in Africa. But they want to totally control all the natural minerals uh, that they're going to need to carry themselves into the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd centuries. Mm -hmm. right, so I think well, they, they, they have to go through a phase of galvanizing the masses of dark-skinned people that truly believe that change needs to come, but the change that they're talking about is not necessarily change for the better as far as the masses of the people. It's probably a better change for them. It's not going to change for us, the little man on totem pole. And no one looks at the agenda. No, 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 the only thing that gives themselves right, have the right tie on, have the right smile, um, uh, repeats the clothing over and over and drives it and drives it home. The average, the average American is just going to swallow the hook, line, and sink And we don't even know what the agenda is. Writing in his 1964 book with no apologies, Senator Barry Goldwater said, The Trilateral Commission is intended to be the vehicle for multinational consolidation of the commercial and banking interests by seizing control of the political government of the United States. The Trilateral Commission represents a skillful, coordinated effort to seize control and consolidate the four centers of power, political, monetary, intellectual, and ecclesiastical. What the Trilateral Commission intends is to create a worldwide economic power superior to the political governments of the nation states involved. As managers and creators of the system, they will rule the future.
Bilderberg issues executive decisions and prime directives to its sub-directors for implementation. The Trilateral Commission takes the Bilderberg Group agenda and executes it through regional roundtable groups throughout Europe, Asia, and the Americas. The Council on Foreign Relations serves as the managing roundtable group in the United States sector. The Council on Foreign Relations has dominated every administration since the days of FDR. The way in which they make policy and rule is that they are a polycentric oligarchical system. You have to be a finance oligarch. Remember, this is not a society ruled by generals, not by priests, not by bureaucrats, not by demagogues, none of those, but by bankers. Bankers rule, and the bankers set up these institutions. They set up things modeled on the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Chatham House, and the Milner Roundtable of the period right after the uh, Boer War, so even before World War I. You had the British setting up these roundtables, institutes with publications and conferences, and this is how they make policy. Upon Obama's inauguration, members of the Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, and CFR flooded into every position of power in the executive branch, replacing Trilateral Commission and CFR members who previously filled the positions during the Bush administration. When you look at the uh, U.S. ruling class, you'd have to say that they're a really pathetic bunch of failures and bunglers. They are a miserable excuse for a ruling class. And that's one of the big problems we have, is you go from Clinton to Bush to Obama, what stays the same is the ruling elite that gives these puppets the orders that they act on. And these orders are uh, wrong-headed, let's say, to say the least. They're basically bankrupt. They're going to lead to the collapse of this civilization. What they're doing is using the existence of the United States as a formerly powerful nation-state to act out their Wall Street fantasies of world domination and maintaining their capital structures and maintaining their system of looting. And this can't be done. So the basic question is, they've hijacked our country, and you've got to take it back from them. You've got to drive Wall Street out of the government, and at that point, you have a reasonable chance of getting back to prosperity and some kind of peace and order in international affairs. We had a chance to speak with economist and author George Humphrey. They have created a power elite. We're not talking about your the, the millionaire down the street. You can't even be a member of their club unless you're a multi-billionaire. And friends, this is not about rich versus poor. This is about a very, very small handful of, of the worst criminal element on this planet manipulating and destroying the good people of this nation and of this world. About this Obama, this change. Look at the people he's put in to mastermind the economic recovery. Larry Summers. I love it. Every time they talk about Larry Summers, he's always brilliant. He's another brilliant one. He's the one that helped dismantle the glass eagle act. The banking act that was put in place in the 1930s. So the banks couldn't get become the banksters that they become. In the 1990s, you had the beginning of the derivatives bubble. Thanks to people like Alan Greenspan, Ruben Summers, a lot of the people who are now back in the Obama administration. And the derivatives, I think, are the centerpiece of this entire problem today. These are the same people, Geithner, 
from the Treasury Department. Could you imagine that? Now we have the U.S. Treasury Secretary, who also is a Robert Rubin protege of the Larry Summers Group, that dismantled Glass-Steagall and, and broke apart the regulations that would have prohibited the banks and brokers from becoming these criminals. He was the former president of the New York Federal Reserve, and now he's our Treasury Secretary? As we all know, the Federal Reserve is a federal, federal Express, the private bank. And now we've put this guy in charge of it? I mean, can't be Wall Street has hijacked Washington in broad daylight. Every single one of his appointments supports the status quo. Every one of his appointments are there to screw the American people. Every single one of his appointments are people who are working to bring down the republic and the constitution of this country. Secretary of the Treasury, Timothy Geithner, Bilderberg Group, a Trilateral Commission member. Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, is a Bilderberg and CFR member. He is also married to Trilateral Commission member, William Jefferson Clinton. Ambassador to the United Nations, Susan Rice, Trilateral Commission. National Security Advisor, General James L. Jones, Bilderberg, Trilateral Commission, and CFR. Deputy National Security Advisor, Thomas Donnellan, Trilateral Commission, CFR. Special State Department Envoy, Henry Kissinger, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, and CFR. Chairman, Economic Recovery Committee, Paul Volcker, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, Council on Foreign Relations. The Director of National Intelligence, Admiral Dennis C. Blair, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, CFR. Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, CFR. Deputy Secretary of State, James Steinberg, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, CFR. State Department Special Envoy, Richard Haas, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, and President of the CFR. Obama Presidential Advisor, Alan Greenspan, Bilderberg Group, Trilateral Commission, CFR. State Department Special Envoy, Richard C. Holbrook, Bilderberg, Trilateral, CFR. And the list goes on and on. Even if Barack Obama were the most wonderful person in the world, he was groomed and brought to power by the global elite to carry out their agenda. Humanity must look past Obama and realize that presidents come and go, but the shadow government and their program of global enslavement continues. How could people be so stupid and gullible to believe a bunch of political people? For people who voted for Obama, they're trying to express, I think, first of all, something worthwhile. The hatred for Bush, Cheney, the neocons, the desire to punish the Republicans for their adventures, their police states, uh, and their economic depression. The second question was on the economy. People felt that uh, Bush was selling them down the river into a world depression. He is, of course, the new Herbert Hoover in that regard. So they were trying to get something different from that. The tragedy, of course, is, and this is really why Obama was groomed and prepared over a period of almost 30 years now, that Obama is there to frustrate and to deceive all of those hopes. 
uh, Obama is a cruel hoax. He's a bogus sham. He's an absolute denial of everything that you'd expect from an, from an American president. It is very disturbing to see well-meaning people falling for high-tech propaganda over and over again. It happened after 9-11. The American people in mass were swept into a mob psychology, irrationally throwing their common sense to the wind and doing whatever the administration told them to. The general public eventually caught on to the fact that George W. Bush was a deceitful thug and that the economy was in freefall. In the midst of it all, Barack Obama was there, speaking out against the abuse of the people at the hands of the establishment. With the election of Barack Obama, the world rejoiced that the United States was no longer in the hands of madmen. But unfortunately for humanity, this was another vicious fraud. I want to like the guy. He speaks gently. He's intelligent. He is. He seems to be a man of peace. He, he is just as charismatic as they come. But you know what is that a tree is really, really measured by the quality of its fruit. And when you kind of put away all the flowery words, when you put away all the rhetoric, when you put away all the rock and roll music, what he does is what's important for the people of this country, starting with the truth. Obama is notoriously a liar. He promised that he would get out of Iraq, I think, within 16 months at some point. We had Samantha Power telling the Scotsman uh, that he wouldn't be bound by those promises, and sure enough, he's now not going to be bound by those promises. Obama pledged in hundreds of speeches and interviews that within six months of being elected, he was going to bring our troops home from Iraq. But after he was inaugurated, the story changed. Now he said that they would look at bringing some of the troops home in 16 months. Two weeks later, his story had changed again. Now the administration would look at bringing the troops home in 23 months. Well, Obama's already fudging. Yeah, but since day one of this election, where he first said we're getting out, well, now it's a timetable and now it's the Because they're getting to it. They're understanding that. And he ain't going to be able to get him out because people more powerful than him got us in. When he first ran, remember, he was going to take the troops out. I get in there, he come home. Day one. There is no military solution in Iraq, and there never was. I will begin to remove our troops from Iraq immediately. And then that went to 16 months. And now he's going to add this saying another 30,000 or more troops to Afghanistan. Next, he sent 30,000 more Marines to Afghanistan, doubling the total number of forces in the crosshairs. Barack then announced that he was going to move missile systems into Eastern Europe to encircle Russia. But after all, what should we expect after he kept Bush's Secretary of Defense, Robert Gates? The outcome of this policy is if you're constantly meddling near the Russian border with these fascist creeps, IMF NATO agents like Yushchenko of Ukraine or Saakashvili of Georgia or these Kaczynski twins in Poland or various collections of people in Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, you're tied to these gangsters, and if they decide to start a war, that rapidly escalates into thermonuclear World War III. This is worse than the neocons. Bush and Cheney never got as far as Brzezinski, Soros, and the other people running Obama. Barack Obama swore that he would vote to repeal the Patriot Act, but then he voted for its reauthorization. 
Obama decried the Bush administration's illegal warrantless wiretapping of the American people. Then he voted to legalize it. Obama pledged that he would filibuster any attempt to give retroactive immunity to the telephone companies, the telecom companies, except he then turned around and voted for that bill. Most people don't know, for example, that he voted to reinstate the Patriot Act and more government wiretapping. Candidate Obama told desperate factory workers in speech after speech that he was going to renegotiate NAFTA and GATT to make it more fair for American workers. It is absolutely true that NAFTA was a mistake. But then his campaign was caught sending out memos to top corporate leaders telling them not to worry and that it was just campaign rhetoric. We had Obama saying, you know, I'm against free trade. I don't like NAFTA and all those free trade sellouts. We had Austin Goolsby going to the Canadian diplomats and saying, don't, don't mind him. He's just popping off. That's just election era rhetoric. Doesn't mean anything. Presidential candidate Barack Obama was publicly criticizing the North American Free Trade Agreement in a bid for votes, but privately telling Canadian officials not to worry about it. He said that he was going to bring us peace in the Middle East. He said that he was going to bring us transparency and a balanced economy. He said that he was going to not have, have lobbyists. He said he was going to clean up government. He said he was going to work for the environment. Everybody somewhere between the ages of 18 and 25 will serve three months of basic training and understanding in a kind of civil defense. Now, it doesn't always have to be uh, service in uniform. One of the things that if you talk to our generals, they are desperate for is a civilian uh, counterpart to our military forces. Is this compulsory then? Yeah, well, you have to, uh, in a sense, it's required of everybody, 18 to 25, three months. Uh, and at some point at that point, you do it. Obviously, I'm not going to say it's perfect legislation. We'll work that process through. You can do it during a college right. summer. You right. can do it after Any high school. school. If you have a demagogue with a fanatical mass movement, a personality culture, who is imposing the program of a group of extreme bankers and finance oligarchs, that's fascism. Obama's transition site, Change.gov, proclaimed that middle school and high school students will be forced to serve the federal government. Fascism is gutter up, streets up, hooligans, thugs, fervently idealistic students, swarming adolescents, just the kind of thing you see around Obama. The way you get a population to enslave itself when the police and the army are no longer enough to do that. So I think that's, that's uh, if you're a left liberal, uh, it's time to open your eyes to that. All young Americans between the ages of 18 and 24 will be conscripted into a paramilitary domestic security force. If Obama has his way, adults and seniors will also be forced into other forms of service for the betterment of the homeland. Number three, disarming the American people. Obama operatives in the Congress have introduced more than 10 bills that would end the Second Amendment as we know it. H.R. 1022 would allow the new Attorney General Eric Holder the dictatorial power to ban any gun he wishes at will. In 2008, before the Supreme Court, in the D.C. gun ban case, District of Columbia versus Heller, Holder argued for the complete disarmament of the American people and that only the military should own firearms. H.R. 257 would ban all youth shooting sports 
including YMCA and Youth Olympic Shooting Clubs. H.R. 45 would force all gun owners to undergo federal psychological screening, registration, and testing to keep their firearms. White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel has proposed the extrajudicial banning of any American on the fraudulent no-fly list from owning any firearm. That is, if you are on the no-fly list, because you are known as maybe a possible terrorist, you cannot buy a handgun in America. Over 25,000 Americans are added each month to the no-fly list, which numbers over a million people who have not been charged or convicted of any crime. It's a case of mistaken identity for a five-year-old boy from Normandy Park. He had trouble boarding a plane because someone with his same name is wanted by the federal government. King 5's Mimi Jung is live at SeaTac Airport to explain. Mimi. Lori, it's hard to believe that a five-year-old could be considered a threat, but that's exactly what happened here at SeaTac last week when Matthew Gardner showed up for a flight to LAX. And it's as five-year-olds go, Matthew Gardner is about as harmless as you can get. But when he and his mom checked in for their flight at SeaTac last week, Matthew was considered a criminal. If you're on that no-fly list, your access to the right to bear arms is canceled because you're not part of the American family. You don't deserve that right. There is no right for you if you're on that terrorist list. And even though this Matthew Gardner is only in kindergarten, TSA workers still conducted a full-blown search. Really, they searched all of our belongings. They took everything apart piece by piece. Um, Nadia Counter says it wasn't easy being treated as a possible threat to national security. I picked up my child to give him a hug and tell him, you know, okay, okay, fine. And they reported to me that I was not allowed to touch him. He was a security risk, and um, they had to research me to make sure that I had not um, obtained any materials from him. Number four. Massive restrictions on the First Amendment guarantee of free speech. The President, Congress, and the FCC have announced plans to not only curtail speech on talk radio and newspapers, but to also regulate speech on the Internet through the Orwellian-named Fairness Doctrine. The Obama machine is also pressuring Congress to pass draconian hate speech laws that will eviscerate the First Amendment. Number five, they plan to further federalize health care so that the government can dictate what kind of care citizens receive. Modeled after the British system, this includes rationing care and restricting what procedures the handicapped and elderly are eligible for. Number six, Obama is already pushing to expand the Department of Defense budget and to station more U.S. troops overseas to encircle Russia, China, Iran, as well as setting up bases in Africa under the pretext of humanitarian aid, and dominate and occupy Africa through AFRICOM. So we're taking your phone call, seeing what you think of Barack H. Obama. Is he a Judas goat? Is he a front man? Is he a betrayer? Let's go to Anthony in Georgia. Anthony, what's your take on Barack Obama? Uh, they put the face of Barack Obama as uh, part of their their public relations because it's like in the old folk tales about vampires. A vampire cannot force his way into somebody's house. It gets, it's against some kind of metaphysical law. So the vampire has to persuade the resident of the household to open the door and invite him in. 
So they're going to look at the people at Barack Obama, which looks like them and appears to be on their side. They're going to say, okay, here's my ally. Let me open the door and let me let uh, this person in. And then Barack Obama is just, of course, the front man for the American empire where he's going to have the entire U.S. Navy, the entire U.S. All right, there you have it. So Obama, it's just a cool joke. Presidents come and go. The real power or the shadow is the shadow government. So uh, that was the real point that I just by replaying that. There was just it's only about maybe like uh, 15 more minutes of it, uh, the, the Obama deception. But, uh, it, you know, these are things that were important to learn at the time when Obama, and it's good to relive them to see what they've been able to achieve now. They introduced a lot of the stuff that they were talking about, and a lot of that stuff now is coming about again around the ta- around the bend. You know, the uh, Patriot Act. They talked about the gun laws. You know, things. But again, you have people out there standing up, fighting against this stuff. So it prolongs the the effect and the uh, eventual takeover. But eventually, eventually, society will cave in and give in to the new world order if if we don't continue to fight. And stand up against it, but it makes sense what they talk about. It makes common sense because of the way society, <clears throat> as, what, how they feed us with all the crap. You know, they, we're, we're lab rats basically, and that's what they do do to us. These these elitists. Forget the presidents. Forget those. Forget them. Obama doesn't run anything. He's not coming back to be president. He's not going to be anybody. He's not no new world order captain. He he was just a puppet. You know, Michelle Obama's not going to be president either, okay? So those are just rumors and distractions. They've got their front man all ready to go. If if, if when, Trump, when Trump's all done in four years, if we're still here, if we're, you know, if something doesn't happen, they've got the next guy lined up ready to go. Trust me. They've got the next guy lined up ready to go. And nobody knows who it is. It's tight-lipped. Trust me. There's probably about two more years you'll find out. You know, so, uh, but Obama was for, you know, before, well, George Bush was president, if you remember. And George Bush was a terrible president, terrible, terrible. I mean, the, the worst, one of the worst. I mean, uh, and we haven't had a real president since Kennedy. When they, when they, you know, well, Trump, Trump would call, Trump did a lot of great things, but, you know, he, he, it put, that put a dart in their, in their, uh, their crosshairs, the, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the board there, you know. The dartboard, they've you know really stopped, it. and he's holding it up now. Patriots like myself, others out there that are standing up against this stuff, you know, because this is a big scheme. Evil is out there. I was having this conversation with John Doe last night. You know, he's talking about the world's going to be one big happy, glory place. He was talking about that's what he's going to want. You know, he wants everyone to think alike. You know, otherwise, if, if you know, and according to the Constitution, everybody has a right to do whatever they want, and we not when we can't have representatives that make any laws that anyone disagrees with. Otherwise, we're, we're committing fraud. You know, I, I mean, I, I just don't understand that, that I was trying to get to the bottom of it, what he was trying to, get, to, to, to convey to me. I mean, I, I, nowhere in society in the world is everyone going to get along and agree on everything. I just don't understand that. So I heard him and Sarge go at it a few times too, and and I just I, I just don't get it. I, it, I mean, I, I wanted to you know talk more, but it was getting late last night uh, when we were speaking about this about that stuff. You know, I wanted to go in a little more depth and try to see where he was coming from on this uh, this uh, you know everybody this un, one 
unity thing where everybody's going to agree, you know, everybody is going to agree on uh, how the, we're going to live in America or in the world, you know, otherwise we're committing fraud. You know, if we create any type of rules or laws, we have to be a society of some sort of rules. I mean, we can't have everybody just running rampant and hurting each other and doing things to each other. I mean, I just don't understand. So, but uh, anyway, uh, let's see here. Where are we, uh, who's that in the chat room there? Calling her Nikki. What's that name? Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. AJ, I don't know. Uh, let's see, what are we listening to? Oh. You know, Obama deception, that was you you were listening to. So six five seven three eight three zero six one six press one. I know a bunch of people coming in the chat room and left, so that's fine. You know, uh you know, easy. I, I don't know if there's any other podcasts on right now that uh, I know liberal some uh Warren asked me if I was gonna call into Liberal Dan's show. No, he's not gonna take my call anyway, so there's no point. Um so I wanted to get that that uh, that played across there, the Obama deception. Uh, I thought that was important because we were talking about Obama on other shows the other night. Um, as far as uh, let's see here on the American Statesman, talked about the uh, North Carol- North uh, South Dakota bill that they just um, that they're trying to push through. Very important. Um, that bill there, it's it's going to strip away the UCC law. And the uh, codification, um, uh, let's see, it's, it's great. It's House Bill 1199. So I'll look that up, South Dakota. South Dakota Bill 1199 um, to repeal certain provisions of the Uniform Commercial Code. So uh, I think that would be a good. Uh, but it's, I mean, that strips away the, the, for the bankers to seize your property when they, when they crash the economy. So... Uh, that's good information out there. Um, let me see what else. Uh, uh, what else I can talk about here, real quick. Uh, there's one other thing here I want to mention. If anybody's got something they want to say, I know tonight's not my regular night, so uh, I decided to do a show tonight. Throw that out there, so I wasn't gonna have time to do all that tomorrow night. Um, check this one out real quick here. I want to check on the Texas thing, Texas border crisis. It's too. It's, it's late to do these shows. When I do them late, I can't call anybody. That's what we, you know. Put them on the you know call anybody and do anything. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Um, Chuck Schumer threatens America after he his criminal border bill is rejected by Republican members of Congress. Okay, so um, that's that's done. So the border border crisis is still going on. Then. Democrat plan for martial law in 2024 is revealed. So here you go. There it is right here. I guess they got the plan for martial law here. Let's see if we can get this up here. Um, Democrat plan for martial law. Let's play this. Team Florida, go ahead and ask your question. Okay, so um, again, so I was just asking about, you know, the countless criminals and different America-hating sleeper cells that are, you know, now being allowed into the country. Do you see the Democrats playing their Trump card by stealing the election and then activating these sleeper cells because they understand that, you know, Americans know that if Biden wins again, it obviously will be stolen again. So obviously it'll be, you know, the reaction to that stolen election times two, times 10, times 100. Or do you see them losing the election, but then leaving World War III and all these proxy wars 
on the lap of Trump, and then he will have to either escalate or de-escalate the situation that's left by the Democrats? Or do you even think that they're going to allow Trump to win the, to even get to the election because they try to put him in jail, they try to do all these things to stop him to get to that point. So now we see the collapse of the borders, sleeper cells, you know, forming all around the country. When will they be activated, and how will they be activated? Uh, that's an excellent question. It sounds like you're a smart fellow. So tell me what you think. Well, I think that they've, they've gotten to this point where they're now in desperation. You know, they're backed up into a corner. They're panicking. We're winning in a sense, but you're, you're fighting an enemy that's on its last legs. It's willing to do anything. So I do believe that they're going to try their, their best, but they're going to throw Biden out there. They're not going to throw Biden out there with the intention to not steal, not cheat, and not at least try. So if they do steal the election, they understand the reaction, but they don't care because they feel emboldened because they run the government and they've set up all their three-letter agencies to basically back them up if, if there is any reaction, and now you're seeing it in the courts and even in the Supreme Court that you get no backing for the American people. So I believe that they're going to try their best to steal the election. And then I believe that in the period if Trump wins between the handing over of, you know, in the inauguration, if he wins, then they're going to start escalating warfare in proxy wars. And then Trump will have to decide if he wants to escalate war and, and NATO joining a war with Ukraine and fighting Russia? Or is he going to, you know, de-escalate the situation and try to, you know, do what he did before with no wars? But I think at that point, it will be too difficult to stop. So I believe that they've had all their chess pieces in play just in case they lose and they can't get control of the government this time around. InfoWars tells you the truth about what's happening next. Visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. Uh, let's go to Ken in Florida. Ken, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Alex. Great to talk to you. Um, I just want to relate uh, the collapse of the border to the coming up election. I just wanted to get your per perspective on what I meant to start the full show with. And then about 30 minutes before the show, I get a call from a lawyer, and I got to deal with a bunch of crap. I'm not complaining, and I, I'm like in the zone, ready to go. And I've got my notes that are actually in my office, only five or six things I wrote. And the number one thing at the top was, how does Biden think they're going to get away with the open borders? What are they planning to do with the sleeper cells? And that's how God works. God wanted me to address this. Because I only decided, like, 10 minutes before the show, no guests. I said, just get rid of the guests. They're great, but get rid of them. I, I want to talk about this. This is so important. Then I get distracted. I don't cover it. And Ken in Florida brings it up. So, Ken, stay there. We're going to go to break. Come back and elaborate on what you're asking. Because obviously you're in the zeitgeist. The force is with you. The Holy Spirit's with you. You elaborate a few minutes on your important question, because you notice 
he was literally tracking everything I was thinking this morning word for word. I'm like getting chills when he started talking. Like, oh, oh, because I was, I'm literally 30 minutes for the show. I've already gotten ready. I'm prepared. 40 minutes for, I'm literally saying quick prayer. I'm saying, what's the most important topic? What, what do I do, God? This is meant to be covered. I will not get distracted. I will come back in 60 seconds and I will cover it. Stay with us. All right, we're now in hour number two. And if you just joined us, I went to a caller real quick before the break, Ken in Florida. And he had a question that was what I meant to come on the air with today. Because I have all these facts, all these stories, all these things, and I'll really be focused on it, really meditating on it. And I'll say, that's the key to cover. That, that's what we need to get ahead of. That's tomorrow's news today. And then I get on the air and I get all this news and I forget to get to it. But, but he really is asking the big question. So I'm going to let him ask it again and elaborate on it. Because if you understand this question and you understand the answer, then you've got the entire enemy battle plan. So I'm going to do my best after he asks the question. I think he's pretty smart with this question. He probably has the answer. I want his question and what he thinks. I don't want just his question to me like I'm the grand poobah. So we take calls, so we have guests. And, and then I'm going to give you my best dead reckoning on this. And, and this subject's so big, it actually gives me a headache because my brain's like you know, smoking when it comes to this because there's 10,000 points that go into this. And it's so hard to try to nail it because if you cover all the side issues, you don't nail it. But they flooded the country with tens of millions. The real number is 22 million, according to the Border Patrol, that have been led in the last three-plus years. And these are brigades of military-age men from the Middle East, China, uh, you name it. How does Biden and the globalists think they're going to bring that in and then let them attack? And then what is the plan that comes out of that? But they've even told us what the plan is. And they telegraphed it in the last few weeks. Two weeks ago, they had former CIA directors, former uh, secretaries of defense, and, and a bunch of the same spies that ran the soft coup against Trump the last eight years, seven years, come out and tell us what they're going to do. So they tell us by what they're preparing, knowing what our response will be. So I'm going to try my best to nail this in a moment, but this is, I hope everybody's really like slowing down and taking notes and listening because this is key. Ken in Florida, go ahead and ask your question. Okay, so um, again, so I was just asking about, you know, the countless criminals and different America-hating sleeper cells that are, you know, now being allowed into the country. Do you see the Democrats playing their Trump card by stealing the election and then activating these sleeper cells because they understand that, you know, Americans know that if Biden wins again, it obviously will be stolen again. So obviously it'll be, you know, the reaction to that stolen election times two times 10 times 100 or losing the election, but then leaving World War III and all these proxy wars on the lap of Trump, and then he will have to either escalate or de-escalate the situation that's left by the Democrats? Or do you even think that they're going to allow Trump to win the, to even get to the election? Because they try to put him in jail, they try to do all these things to stop him to get to that point. So now we see the collapse of the borders, sleeper cells, you know, forming all around the country. 
when will they be activated, and how will they be activated? Uh, that's an excellent question. It sounds like you're a smart fellow. So tell me what you think. Well, I think that they've, they've gotten to this point where they're now in desperation. You know, they're backed up into a corner. They're panicking. We're winning in a sense, but you're, you're fighting an enemy that's on it willing to do anything. So I do believe that they're going to try their, their best. If they're going to throw Biden out there, they're not going to throw Biden out there with the intention to not steal, not cheat and not at least try. So if they do feel the election, they understand the reaction, but they don't care because they feel emboldened because they run the government and they've set up all their three-letter agencies to basically back them up that if there is any reaction, and now you're seeing it in the courts and even in the Supreme Court, that you get no backing for the American people. So I believe that they're going to try their best to steal the election. And then I believe that in the period if Trump wins between the handing over of, you know, and the inauguration, if he wins, then they're going to start escalating warfare in proxy wars. And then Trump will have to decide if he wants to escalate war and, and NATO joining a war with Ukraine and fighting Russia, or is he going to you know, de-escalate the situation and try to, you know, do what he did before with no wars. But I think at that point, it will be too difficult to stop. So I believe that they'd have all their chess pieces in play just in case they lose and they can't get control of the government this time around. Uh, well, Ken, I'm extremely impressed because you just said it better than I could. Uh, and so the answer is the globalists are at war with us. They have a lot of options, a lot of tracks they're going down. They haven't made a decision yet on what they're going to do. That's clear. They know they're in trouble. Nothing's working for them, but they're still not going to give up. They're going to double down. So I can't tell you what they're going to do because I'm, I'm sure of it. They're not exactly sure what they're going to do yet, but they're pre-programming and preparing all the options. But tell us about yourself. You're a really smart caller. What's your background? What I mean, just you doing research? What brought you to this? Because you're really nailing it right now. But we should all be talking about we're in a globalist coup. America's waking up trying to reject it. They're planning on clamping down and getting total power. The, the, the sky's the limit. What are they going to do? Everybody should be talking about that. It's not just like they broke the borders. They're starting World War III, and they got pedophile drag queen time and hundreds of thousands of deaths from fentanyl and, and, and human smuggling and human trafficking and child kidnapping. And that, 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 that's all just the icing on the cake. They are they're going full bore. And, and so you, you've really done a great job here in, in describing this. Yeah, so basically, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you're a great inspiration to me, you know, years back when COVID was, you know, first happening. I, I really didn't know anything about anything. And then I started doing a lot of research myself. And even for a little bit, I started my own podcast, but I, I got a little discouraged and, you know, life happens and I wasn't able to do it any longer. But you know, the research was still there and a lot of the, you know, I guess the stars aligned and, and you start to get these feelings and this vision of what's going to happen into the future. Well, that's right. You Once you focus on the real world, like men can be experts on football or baseball, know everything about their team, but if men start focusing on the real world, most people can really figure it out and do great things. Thank you for the call. All right. I could talk for hours about what he just called in about. 
but let, let me try to give a summation. I'm sitting here this morning after all this research, all this preparation for hours, and I just think, what is the most important thing? And I, I think to myself, I say, how is Biden going to get away with 22 million illegals in the country, massive sleeper cells, and how are they going to use those and somehow not have the public know they're the ones behind it? Well, they're out saying they're against the open border now. It's the Republicans' fault. Now, we all know that's a scam and no one's buying it, not even Bill Maher. But you see their flim flam. They think you have no memory. They think you, 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 you have no attention span. But what you do now, because you, you had an attention span, you were just focused on the Grammys or the Emmys or the Oscars or football, so it doesn't matter. Now you're focused on the real world because you see the danger. That's where they lose their power. So here's how it's going down. They have a massive Islamic fifth column in this country. And the Democrat Party's in control of it through the funding of their leadership and right through the Iranians of the $6 billion Biden gave them and all the rest of it. That goes back to Obama and the Arab Spring. So that's the biggest thing is Islamic uprising. Then they're going to activate Black Lives Matter. That's why Black Lives Matter got discredited. But more than 15 cities have given them 10, 20, 30 million dollars because the quote police were mean to them. No court cases, no proof. Well, they were burning down cities that the cops were bad, but they're recapitalizing their own Democratic Party destabilization squad. So they have the Islamists, they have the Black Lives Matter, vastly commanded by Antifa. They'll use any cop doing something wrong or a thing out of context as their pretext. So what they're saying with the former CIA directors and former Defense Intelligence Agency directors and former, uh, you know, all these major groups, former defense secretaries, they're all out there running around. The Clappers, the Brennans, all of them saying, if Trump wins and we're unable to steal it, we're then going to activate the Islamic sleeper cells and the Black Lives Matter operations and the illegal alien MS-13 hit squads they've got to burn the country down. And we want executive orders and laws in place before Trump gets in that he's not allowed to use the military and the Insurrection Act against him. So that's one slice. But ahead of that, they've got the illegal aliens and the database that Zuckerberg spent $400 million plus on of all the dead people, people that moved out of district, to have illegals that are ordered and given voter registration cards and given driver's license to go vote or they're deported. So plan A is to steal the election. But if that doesn't work, plan B is to turn the Islamists loose, turn the Black Lives Matter loose, turn the Antifa loose, turn the uh, MS-13 loose, and murder and kill and burn and bomb and say it's because of Trump he's a white supremacist He's created this crisis. We've got to remove him in a national crisis from power. So either way, they've telegraphed, they've prepared, they've gotten ready for what they're going to do. And so that's where we're at right now. It's a very, very dangerous, uh, crazy position uh, to be in. But nevertheless, they are preparing all this thinking that we're so stupid we don't understand the deep state and the globalists are behind all these different facets. But everybody should be debating and should be discussing a cornered, discredited deep state 
that's being rejected in a major global, not just domestic, political realignment against the New World Order's policies. And, and, and so the question that the, the caller and the answer he gave was by the mind postulates is the answer to everything. And we have to be wargaming what they're planning and what they're going to do. And that's really where we are. And, of course, it all goes against logic. It all goes against common sense. But you see it on the news. Oh, the Republicans open the border. They won't pass a bill to fix it when they have all the laws in the books. And we covered the bill last hour. It makes Biden a dictator. It makes the president have total control of the border. And only D.C. courts can make decisions if it's challenged. So it's total and complete desperation. Now, here's the most important part. They're not just going to have Black Lives Matter and the Muslims and the Antifa and the Mexican Mafia attack the country out of the blue. They're going to need excuses and attacks on groups, false flags against Hispanics, white supremacists attacking Hispanics. What did we get the secret documents last week of Border Patrol? They said imminent white supremacists are going to come kill Hispanics on the border. It was all made up to create that narrative. What do we see? The Wall Street Journal says, man, Muslims are taking over Michigan. They're calling for jihad. They're electing people that say Hamas is good. We have an issue. The mayor of Dearborn says today, got the article right here. Oh, my God, we put police in all the mosques. The white supremacists are going to attack us any minute, overhead shot writer. So what you do is you, the globalists will deep state, false flag the Muslims. They'll deep state, false flag the black folks. They'll deep state, false flag the Hispanic folks. Kill Biden. That's on the table. We take a liability, turn it into a positive, but we don't want any violence. To then have, or they'll, a cop will accidentally kill somebody, or they'll die because they're on enough fentanyl to kill five people like George Floyd, and the media will hype it, and then that will be the smoke screen with people bowing down and, and saying, we'll do whatever you want. It's all Trump's fault. So they've got that set up if they can't steal the election, and if the landslide's so big they can't do it, they immediately, while he's president-elect, in the middle of November this year, in nine months, They blow up a black church. They blow up a federal building. They shoot a bunch of people at the border. They attack mosques in Dearborn, Michigan. And then they blame Trump supporters and the American people, and then the cities burn. And most of the DAs are controlled. Remember, General Parton was the head of Air Force Weapons Development. I mean, he brought up the secretly around the Star Wars. Well, there you have it. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right, right too. How would it go down? Makes sense. I mean, uh, what do you guys think? Anybody out there want to do any predictions there? I mean, three, uh, what was it? Six, six, five, seven, three, eight, three, zero, six, one, six. Press number one. If you got something you want to add, I mean, that's that's how I think it's going to go down in the end here. I mean, uh, I think that's how they're going to start. How it will start um, with the election. I think it's going to start with the election uh, in November. Uh, something, a spark is going to have some kind of spark, you know, somewhere along those lines, something like that, maybe. Um, I say, let's go. I mean, if they're going to do it, do it, man. Let's get it on. 
You know, I mean, I don't want to do it when I'm 70 years old. Let's get going, man. You know, let's get the battle. I mean, my question of it is, is right. Whoa, what the hell happened to my chat room? My chat room got disconnected. I hope everybody got reconnected there. <laughs> my chat room just went blank. What's Blog Talk Radio doing, man? My chat room went blank. Boop. And now it's back up again. Unreal. That B.Y. Serpent. Vietnam was not a war. Uh, Gulf of Tonkin never happened. What? Uh, inform what? You never. Trump walking out of the courtroom in session effectively added another 25 million to the 83 million. He's a dumbass. Of course, we do do it. A G. Never grants. I don't. The, the Gulf of Tonkin never happened. Uh oh, criticizing Trump, uh, Sarge there. The opposite for courage is not cowardice. It's formulae even a dead fish can do. I'm reading backwards, so oh well. Mm, call in, give me your give me your thoughts here. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press number one. Call in if you want. I got a few people on the board here, but nobody's putting their hands up. So um, I'm gonna get ready to wrap it up in the show if nobody's gonna call in. Um, People in the uh, chat room. There we go. We got somebody put a couple takers there. All right, here we go. Boop. Go ahead, there. Joe, what is up with the G man? No, oh, there he is. <laughs> How you doing, John Doe? Talking yeah, about you there a little while ago. I know. I heard my ears bleeding. I heard no. it. I was just wrapping up some stuff and had to make sure I had all my ducks in a row before I got clear, so I could clear my head to talk. Otherwise, I'm distracted, you know, multitasking sometimes. I can't get, be wholehearted in the conversation, and that's not too good. True. That's why I do a lot more listening more. than I do talking. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, John Doe. Well, go ahead. What's your thoughts, John Doe? Um, we're just going to continue to fight if we don't respect each other's r- right to s- discern for ourselves our own burdens, encumbrances, and obligations. I heard you debating with Sarge one night about the same thing, basically, which we, we, you and I were talking about. And uh, last night, I just could not understand where you what you just think that every. I mean, I just couldn't understand like where you were coming. Are you mean that you're trying for that for the world to be like that, a better place where we you know we all get along, we all believe in the same thing, and we have a government that doesn't you know intrude on our on our uh, our, our our any type of our rights, and we can self-govern any way we want. Is that what you're trying for, uh, or because or, all I was saying is I just don't see that, that ever really happening. You know, I mean, what, I didn't. I just couldn't get where you were coming from on that angle. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm not the greatest speaker in the world. So, you know, okay. everything I say doesn't mean that I'm communicating as effectively as I'd like to think I am sometimes. So there's the back and forth that you have to go through with people and learn each other's styles and stuff to really get a feel for what people yeah. are trying to say. And I'm saying this more importantly for the listeners because I've been listening to you for probably seven or eight years now. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to say is for the last 240-some years, we've had nothing but divide-and-conquer mentality. 
elect me to office. I get to play king of the hill for the time I'm in office and push, you know, basically whatever my agenda is down the throat of everybody. And the people that already believe psychologically and ideologically like me will be happy. And all the rest of you, tough luck, buddy. Well, that's got to stop. And that's why okay. every person, if we look at the Declaration of Independence and the spirit, hope, and promise of that Declaration of Independence to be a self-governing, independent, free person means each one of us get the right to self-determine our burdens, encumbrances, and obligations of governing. And so I'm just saying we've got to reevaluate what the true words of the Constitution are in the light of that spirit, hope, and promise of the Declaration of Independence. Because the Constitution does say, you know, Congress shall make no law abridging the right of the people to petition their government for redress of grievance. Why is that? Because we're all supposed to be self-governing, independent, free people. And when you have a representative or a congressman or a senator, whoever, however you want to word it, president, whatever, that gets elected to office, and then they pass a law that actually infringes and or denies, puts roadblocks in the path of your pursuit of happiness, and you're doing no wrong to anybody, you're not harming anybody in any way, then they've just committed fraud against you. Because the whole principle of our Declaration of Independence is to get out from under being under a king or somebody else manipulating how you get to live. Now, if I'm harming somebody or somebody, you know, any one of us is harming other people, well, naturally, we've got to the person that's being harmed has a right to self-defense, either legally self-defense or physically if they can't get legal remedy. Sure. And if government sure. says... Do what? No, I said sure. I agree with you. Yeah. So my point is, is instead of continuing to have these cycles of elections where it's just divide and conquer, and whoever gets elected gets to play king of the hill. If it's a Democrat this time, well, that Democrat administration gets to play king of the hill and beat us over the head, trying to make us be in submission to their agenda. Or we respect the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and make sure everybody, you know, Article 2, um, Section 2, I think it is. I'd have to go look. But anyway, it says citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities as citizens of the several states. So, therefore, okay. if we all have the same privileges and immunities per the United States Constitution, Article 2, Section 4, I believe, then – or each person has the same privileges and immunities than the people who get elected to office to be our con- con- you know, congressman or senator do not get to burden us with rules, laws, processes, and procedures without our consent and treat us like a second- or third-class citizen. That's bullying. That's coercion. That's duress. That's extortion and exploitation. Those are all illegal. So, therefore, when anybody gets – you know, trying to petition their government for redress of a grievance, and our congressmen and senators and president do not honor that redress when they can prove they're not doing any harm, but you guys are harming or whoever's in office. 
they're harming the person's pursuit of happiness by infringement or abridgment or denying. You know, put it this way, the people who get into office, they're real quick in making sure they have a high-speed fast lane to their pursuit of happiness, golden parachute retirement plans, golden parachute medical plans, golden parachute connections with all the, the movers and shakers of industry to make sure that they get what they want when they get out of office. You and I, we're lucky if we get to talk to them if we call them. We'll get an aide or a staffer or something, and if we do get to talk to them or even communicate with the aide or staffer, nine times out of ten, they just ignore you. And you or me, I can't speak for everybody, but me, and they, yep. they, you never hear back from them, and you keep calling them, and you only get the staffer again, and then they might give the lip service to like, oh, yeah, that's right, blah, blah, blah. But then we go through the same cycle over and over again. And I'm like, it's stupid for the Democrats to get into power and then try to beat all the rest of society, whether it be third parties or Republicans, into submission to their agenda and basically committing fraud against not only you and me, since we're not Democrats, but it's fraud against our rule of law and the Constitution, too. But nobody recognizes that for some reason, and I'm not the greatest communicator in the world, so I keep talking about it, but I'm not sure that I'm communicating no, effectively sometimes. I understand a little bit more. People, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from, basically, on that point in perspective. And everybody's going to be able to be their own unique self unless their particular ideology, a.k.a. Uh, Islam or um, – well, any particular faction or, or belief, uh, ideology or belief system that decides that we're going to have rank and uh, chain of custody, the chain of command, rank and file type systems. You know, Article 1, Sections 9 yeah. and 10 says there's no title of nobility. The, so, therefore, if they get to get into office and then dictate our burdens and encumbrances of rules, laws, processes, and procedures of governing, then you're not self-governing. They're psychologically using you as a legislative slave or all of the rest of us that don't get our will mutually and reciprocally enacted, codified, and ratified. We're all equal in governing, meaning that we all get to self-determine our independence and freedom based on deciding what our burdens, encumbrances, and obligations of governing are then they have to allow our will to be mutually and reciprocally enacted, codified, and ratified in all the rules. Otherwise, you're a second- or third-class citizen. They're representing you like a pimp represents a prostitute. Uh, well, I got somebody in the chat room uh, that's uh, sending me a message. A comment about what, Jack Forsyth? Uh, what, what would you like me to comment on? Uh, uh, um, what would you like me to comment on? This, uh, the, the link that you posted? The uh, the candidate uh, uh, all the news story. You so you want me to comment on fact fake news? Is that what you want me to comment on? Fake news. So you believe the news? You believe whatever they say? Oh, so if you believe whatever they say, then you're just a a zombie out there believing the, the news. You believe whatever the news media tells you. I mean, then you you've learned nothing from any of the podcasts that are on these this network. Why is it fake? Because your president said so. How about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's common sense. It's fake. It's fake news. It's, it's, it's anybody with anybody with common sense knows that the news media is 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 all pretty much fake. I asked you to comment. Tell me what is wrong. Uh, 
that is no defense. I, I'm not, I don't have to defend myself. I'm not trying to defend anything right now. You ask, you ask me to comment on something. I, how can I comment on a lie? What, I mean, you know, what, what, how can I comment on a lie? You want me to comment on Santa Claus too? Is it Easter Bunny? Uh, and John, I don't know if you can see the chat room or not, John Doe, but you've got the uh, – my voice is shaking. <laughs> oh, yeah. What am I shaking about? <laughs> I'm win- I'm I assure you I'm winning in the polls here. I will win my election. So there's nothing you can do to troll me that's going to affect it. Who's going to uh, uh, attack me? Uh denning so-called Nazi beliefs is a good thing. Uh, uh that's what it would be wise sermon says. The story is about you. You can't give a, c- a coherent defense. I don't have to defend myself. Why should I defend myself? Why should I defend myself at all against a lie? A fairy tale. You know, see, that's right. CNN only tells the truth, uh, uh, Jack Forsyth. Forsyth. So, I, I mean, if it was CNN, then, you know, I would have to, uh, I'd have to defend, I'd have to defend myself then. We got, I got somebody in the chat room that put one of my news articles up, the, uh, the, uh, that uh, one of these things did about me. So, because you are trying to be a public figure. No, I'm not trying to be a public figure. I'm already a public figure. I, I'm not trying to be a public figure. I already am a public figure. I'm trying to get elected to represent the people. <laughs> yeah, if I'm on crack, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, I'm trying to represent the people in my district to, to uh, restore our republic. Firstly, one must define what a Nazi entails. Yeah, exactly. So what is a Nazi? If I'm a conservative, if I'm a conservative pro-constitutional person, how can I be a Nazi? That makes no sense. A, a, na- a national socialist wants government in control. Right, it doesn't want it. It wants more government and wants all government in total control of your everyday life lives. Nazi is is not what you were taught. Nazi is not what you were taught. Uh, okay, so your argument is all news is fake. Um, most of the news media out there is fake. Yes, yes, it is. I, I know they're fake because they did a story about me that was untrue. That's how come I could say they're fake. Uh, let me bring on nine oh seven to the conversation here. If you can see what's in the chat room. Go ahead, 907. Oh, man, I really just called in right now just to listen to it till you keep on going. You know, you had a good <laughs> role going. But, yeah, you know, well, I'm what arguing is, with the chat what room. Is it, what, what is it? Hey, what is boys, it not? Welcome to the show, brother. Well, hey, John. I got John Doe on here, too. Yeah. What is a Nazi? Yeah, well, Nazi. Yeah, what is it? Okay. What is it? What is a Nazi? Well, Right now, Democrats are Nazis. <clears throat> if you go read and learn, if you go read and learn your history, everything that Hitler did in 1934 and 35, uh, you know, through the end of the war, the Democrats are doing it right now, right this very yeah. moment. Yep. Yeah. Socialism. Yep. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. government control, right? I think we got. I think yep. we got uh, Ron Reck here. Wants to jump in here too. Let me see. Go ahead there. Four one seven. Hello. I mean, who's this clown in the chat room? Yes, this is my first time calling into a radio podcast show. I hope I sound okay time, to you all. Okay, <laughs> uh, you know the, the the news networks that you're all speaking of, they tell nothing but the truth because they know they're smarter than us. 
I mean, I'm not that smart uh-huh. of a person, and everything they tell me is true. Donald Trump is really a bad guy. He's causing all these problems with these people coming across that border down there in, I guess, Texas. You know, he's really the orange man is bad. No. The bad hang orange on. man. Hang on, this guy, this guy in the chat room. Hang on. No, I did not use any. Ra- that was a post from a newspaper article. Someone else used that. Uh, that is a newspaper clipping. That is that post. I never wrote that post. So you're wrong there. And what's wrong with Aryan purpose? What's wrong with being proud of being Aryan? What's wrong with that? That's racist for being proud. Of be- that's white supremacist. That's what they, these Marxist, communist, woke people want people to think and believe. That's Nazi Germany right there, okay? No, being proud and being white is not racist. If you say, if, well, he just said, yep, so he believes, he believes that that's white, being white and proud is racist. So that that's a complete asinine idiot there in the chat room. That's a, that's a moonbat so, right there. So are you saying I'm a racist? Because I'm white yeah, privileged. Yeah, you're racist. Yeah, yep. Uh, but you're I'm, racist. I'm, I'm white, white privileged privileged. I'm twice. I'm a double dose of fucking whiteness. I'm so fucking white. I put a, white. I put a bunch of light bulb in shape. Joe Gibson. White Joe is Gibson. a color. Um, um, <laughs> you know, uh, and if I'm at, if I'm on the right station, I hope that to uh, you know to preach the words of the sure. ignorant, stupid, and retarded. Uh, you know, in the other show, I would never go on to use that crazy nation radio. That guy is fucking nuts. Don't listen to him either. <laughs> Don't go on his show. Stay the fuck away from him. He will he okay. will misdirect you completely, along with this show here. They're all the same. You know, all right. here. like I said, the orange man is bad. But uh, this uh, this Jack Foreskin, is that who this that guy is? <laughs> Jack Foreskin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jack Foreskin. Yeah, okay, well, Jack, you're fucking retarded. I know you're a fucking yeah. troll because you're, yeah. you're stupid. Ar- Arian, you're Arian is, is, is originally given to the people who were said to speak the archaic Indo-European language and who were taught to have settled in uh, prehistoric times in ancient in ancient Iran. Yes, they were white people it's there. Been, yes, they were labels. Yes. They were name labels, man. That's all they are. They name labels. Yeah. They don't even know what Aryan means. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but it's it's okay. I mean, it it doesn't matter. They don't know history. That's okay. Right. I mean, you know, well, everyone everyone can learn right. Nordic, Nordic, Nordic. Okay, what's wrong with Nordic, Aryan? Nothing's wrong with that. Nothing. If you're from a European descent person, you don't have to be ashamed of yourself. You don't have to apologize for anything. You've done nothing wrong. Being born white skinned. Having or having a light colored skin uh, or whatever. No, like That's you ain't got a fucking choice in that either. Do you get the <laughs> yeah, choice? Yeah, like Do you get to choose? <laughs> it's like, you know, you get to change your sex because you get that fucking choice. You don't want your tally worker, yeah. get it cut off. You don't want a pussy, get one stashed on you. However you want to go, because that's how fucking stupid people are. And, you know, the thing about that, yeah. too, with me, I, I personally think that's some bullshit. That is a fucked up what? thing that is fucking, that is simply goddamn brainwashing. These kids yeah, don't even yeah. know what the fuck sex even is yet. They haven't even went to puberty. And they want to give these kids puberty blockers without even their parents' fucking permission? This is some That's bad terrible. shit. You know thing? All these motherfuckers come across this goddamn border. What does that make Joe Biden? Don't that make him a human trafficker? Hey, hey, he Aryans are Persians. No, they're not. That's not the foundation of the Aryan. No, it's not. I'm telling you right now, you're wrong. They came from that per the Persian air. 
I just had the history thing up here. I will go back to it. Yeah, well, the Persians come up with some great fucking uh, pistachios. They really do. Yeah. They grow pistachios really I mean, regardless, 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 uh, let's put it this way. Regardless, today, Aryan (laughs) means white. When people say, somebody says Aryan, they think white, right? So let's just put it that way. Let's do what they do, right? I can be whatever I want today. I can be brown tomorrow. I can be black tomorrow. I can be whatever. I can be a tree tomorrow. I can be a dog if I want to, right? That's what uh, that's yep. what the uh, they put uh, litter boxes say, in the right? school for those. They put litter boxes yeah. in the schools for those who think they're cats. Absolutely, sure. You know, sure. remember Obama said yeah. it's okay to use a girl's bathroom now. It's all right. You can do that. There you, know? you go. There you, you go. Be a, you, you're a fifty-five-year-old man I mean, going to a fucking nine-year-old <laughs> girl's bathroom. That's okay. Yeah. Now, how yeah. fucked up can you be about that? You know. So no, yeah, this no. I'm sorry, man. We had, the the Aryans were actually conquered by the Muslims, though. They were conquered by the Muslims, though, at that time. So, right. And then there was non-Aryans. But but the Aryan became associated with ecstasy, especially with light-skinned ca- ca- Caucasian superiority after, after Western be, European better, scholars better, began translating. Better double-check on that statement that the Aryans that? were like conquered by right the Muslims. By the, yeah, by they, the, well, it says right Muslims. here. Well, that's what it says. It says in the 19th century that... The Persians, known as the Iranians, from Aryans, Aryans to distinguish themselves from their Muslims, Arabs, conquerors in the seventh. Oh, they actually conquered them in the seventh century. Uh, that's what they says that they conquered them. But that that was the group that was in the the uh, Persia area. They're saying they were conquered. It was a conquest of Persia, actually. That's what they're saying. Yeah, I mean, well, there was a lot of wars in that time. I mean, the bottom line is this. Aryan means white, Caucasian. You're a Caucasian. That's what it means. Anglo Welsh. Well, it says Anglo Welsh. That's what it means. That's what another popular term for it back then. So that's what it says. Now, what, where, look at look at the uh, the, Sicil- the Sicilians. Where do they come from? Obviously, what was it? Hannibal, right? Hannibal conquered southern Italy. So that's why Sicilians are darker than the lighter, light-skinned Italians. And if you go up northern Italy, they're they're real white. And you keep going down south, more south, more south, more south, they get darker and darker and darker. Why is that? Because Hannibal, right? Where's Sarge at? Sarge is my history expert here. Sarge, help me out here. Where are you? It's all got to do with spaghetti <laughs> sauce when you talk about the Italians now. So spaghetti <laughs> sauce, you know. Sauce, yeah, not the noodles, not the noodles. Noodles, no, not the China. noodles. Yeah, it's the marinara. Yeah, they here, right here. Think, think of the marinara, not the ketchup, not by Brooks. Yeah, no, I got no. a private caller and three two three. Hello, Joe. Now, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, the one thing I know really bristles most Iranians when you call them Arab or anything other than Caucasian. Now, I suppose that you could test a lot of Iranians and find they probably have some ancestors that might be traced to sub-Saharan Africa even, or uh, or certainly the Mongols or others. But I I think it's still safe to say the most Iranians probably fall in the neighborhood of being Caucasian, at least as much as Elizabeth Warren is, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Yeah, well, there you go. Hold Uh, on. Hold on. And I I know for a fact they really don't like being called Arab. I mean, you you want to get an Iranian angry, just refer to him as being an Arab. That would definitely offend somebody. Hang on, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. I'm an Iranian (laughs) Swedish Muslim black tree trunk today. Tomorrow, I don't know. (laughs) 
And, you know, <laughs> I, and I noticed some of this criticism of you, uh, Joe. I mean, for instance, they yeah. say uh, one of the criticisms is is that you shared a link to the National uh, NSM's manifesto. And, yeah. you know, I remember we had a lot of discussions about things. And I yes, argued yes, with them about did. some things Hitler said in Mein Kampf. So I was different with one of the callers. And I posted a link to Mein Kampf to say, no, Hitler didn't say that. This is what he wrote in Mein Kampf. And I posted a yeah, link to yeah. it to prove my point. What does that make me a Nazi? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, don't probably so. I mean, I'm, 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 just, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. He says a lot of things that, you know, if, unless you take it in the context in which it was made, you can get a very misleading picture of the simple basic truth. Because, yes, I posted a link to Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. But I didn't post it as though I was in favor of anything he said. I said, no. One caller said he wrote this. I said, no, he didn't write that. This is what he wrote. Here's a link to Mein Kampf. Look for yourself. I know. There's a guy in my hometown. I come down Hang on. I got a guy down. I got one of my former employees on I see him on the phone right now. Am I a neo-Nazi? Well, he's not. He didn't plan to put his hand up yet. But uh, he he worked for me for about, what, how, how many years uh, Florida? Uh, I think he's down there in Florida, if you can hear me. He's, uh, I think he worked for me for about 15, 16 years. I'm you know? so sorry for him. Yeah, he yeah, was that poor cool. guy. Oh, yeah, I gave him help. So he worked for me about 15 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, he needs help. Uh, you know, to help. But, get Dr. Phil on the but, line. Well, don't anybody hang up, because if you hang up, you can't get back in, because we're going into overtime. That's right. Uh, That's right. But New Smyrna Beach, Florida, if you press 1, on, uh, you can get on here. There's, there's, I got people in the chat room calling me a neo-Nazi. Am I a neo-Nazi? <laughs> I think that's the funniest Adolf thing Hitler's in the world. Didn't I have child. a black guy working not, for me? You hey. Adolf Hitler's love child. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Joe, we can end this very quickly. You know, because go ahead. These pussies, these pu- these pussies in the chat room, won't call in to defend their uh, uh, statements here with facts or anything. Yeah. So, in fact, he just booked out the chat room. Why, why, don't, why, don't, why, don't, why don't we just change? Why don't we just change the fucking subject? There because you go. They just Good told idea. Us, we just they just trolled us, and yeah, you guys were so fucking good at trolling. That you know you should well, get a, a yeah, you, you should get subject. you should get trolled right up the ass. So I love well, they did get, they I love them. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah, like that with that BY Serpent was just making getting Sarge pissed off. I was reading all of them going back and forth there for a while, but you know, but uh, that Jack Jack Jerkoff there, uh, that one there, he he follows me around everywhere, you know, Jack Jerkoff. Yeah, so. <laughs> Jack Forskin. Yeah, Jack Forskin. <laughs> He's the number one fan. I showed you. It could be be the Republican caucus. You never know. By the way, guys, check this out. My opponent, right? We got the the financial records of him actually being paid off and paid and funded by the people sponsoring the gambling and casino after he denied it and did not disclose it in his financial records, which is against the law, by the way. Uh, Got him. Yep, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yep. So the yep. media is being so it's now, be submitted to the media now all, tomorrow morning. Now all, now, all you, now all you have to do is get the word out. 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully the media will report on it. We got them flat out to lie, man. Flat well, out lying. Don't worry. Hey, hey, uh, Joe. Excuse me. Don't worry about the media on that, reporting on it. You just take it out there. You got the proof in your pocket. Just take it out oh, yeah. there, and Flyers. you just start. You just start hollering and yelling and screaming at the top of your lungs, so everybody can hear wow. you. And sure as shit, the I'll media be, will start to take people. it up. Yeah, I'll be mailing uh, it to people, doing mail, uh, mails and posting. You know, I'm, I'm doing direct mail too right now, so where I'm typing personal letters to people, just telling them where I stand and what I believe in. You know, and, and by, of course my picture, put a postcard in there and stuff like that. So direct mail, I got signs posted up. I'm and I went out uh, uh, last week and walked downtown Reesville and uh, went to like 20 of the businesses in downtown Reesville and. Uh, for the most part, they're pretty receptive. Uh, there was there was a lot of liberals down there actually, so a lot a lot of liberal owned businesses, small business owners. I was I, I was shocked. What did you do? Did you so, go to the door? Huh? What did you do? Did you go door to door in the businesses? How'd you yeah, spread door the word? Door. Yeah, door 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 door. Yeah, oh, well, okay. I walked into the business, told them, "Hey, how you doing? I'm running for public office, uh, district, you know." And I found in, they told me, you know, I'm a Democrat, so, you know, and stuff like that. And so, but, you know, the ones that were Democrats obviously aren't going to vote for me. You know, they can't vote for me anyway because that's a primary. So kind of like a waste of time then, you know, but I still listen to them well, and hear they, what they had to say. They can, they can if, they, if they change their party. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, well, you have to, don't you have to do that in a certain time period, though? I, I thought that you have to do it within like 30 days. Well, Joe. That depends on what North Carolina law says. Okay. Yes. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know? Anybody here from Florida? That's... If I got anybody else down here from Florida, I got a guy. I got somebody who I know. Right. Just for your opinion, check this out. Somebody borrowed his car. Okay. It was a female. He borrowed his car, and got pulled over and had a warrant out for her arrest. Sorry, you're a police officer. Well, there you go. Let me ask you about this opinion here. Uh, he borrowed his car, got pulled over, and she had a warrant out for arrest. So they cop obviously took her to jail, impounded my friend's car, and now my friend has like $800 towing bill. How can he get his car back? It wasn't his fault. The car, the car was registered and everything to his name. She took it without his permission. So should he, should he be responsible for the impound charges? Sarge? Well, I thought he was there. Sorry, you still there? Well, well, well I don't know. Should he be responsible? Was, hey, I'm sorry. I always, I always got to find the mute button because I mute myself to make oh, sure okay. no extraneous noise comes through. But look, the reason they impound the car is to secure the car, okay? That's the reason they impound the car. To secure it so ostensibly it won't get stolen. All of my, in my experience, when you impound it in cars in Chicago, police found half of what was on the car would be missing when somebody came to pick it up. We stayed there more than three days. But anyway, yeah. that's the idea. They're actually trying to indemnify the department against anything that happens to your car because it's now in their custody when they remove the driver from it. Now, the problem is they have these exorbitant fees for storage. That's the problem. Yes, It's not supposed yes. to be punitive against you. They just have these excessively high amounts to impound your car. Now, here's what you can do and what people who have their cars impounded with that. You got to go to the city and get your money back. But unless you do it pro se, it ain't going to be worth the money for just $800. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what does he got to do to get his car back? I mean, he's, it's eight hundred dollar bill well, right I, now. And you're going to offer it. What state is it? Because I don't know. I don't know what the Florida, procedures Florida, are. Florida, state yet. Florida. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm about to make a small claim against the city for the impound fee, but it's going to be a tall hill to climb. I'm telling that right now. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I know some people who I know some people who are successful at it in Chicago, but not many. Most of the time, you're going to be stuck with the cost of your car being impounded. Well, I talked to the, I talked to them today, and they're, I have to talk to the arresting officer, and uh, and they said he can get it released. The arresting officer get it released from the impound. Is that true? Say again. At the arresting officer, he can get it released from the impound for 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 my buddy, the arresting officer. That's what he said. It depends on the department regulations. Yeah, it depends on department regulations. Many departments allow the impounding officer to make a um, a a a a consideration to release it. Sorry, he's a victim, though. He's a victim of a crime. This person took the car without his permission. Why should he have to pay a fee? Hey, you, you don't have to argue with me about it. I don't like it either. I'm just saying that's what the, that's the rationale for the state charging you. They, they, look, they charge these exorbitant fees because they can. Uh, unless you rein them in, they're going to keep doing it. It's just that simple. They can do it. You want your car back. They got the they got the car. They got it locked up in a big yard with with maybe dogs and with armed security there. Now, why, well, let's have them arrested. Where's Ron Reck yet? Ron I, Reck, I think I think it's arrested. outrageous, but it's that's what they do things. What's I know they do it that way in Chicago. Well, I, just, I think the police stole his car. That's what I would say. You stole his car. We didn't got to secure my car. Nobody told you to secure it. I'll secure my own car. You know, take the person for the warrant. You got a warrant for that person. You know what? I'm going to have you arrested. I'm going to a federal magistrate. You took my personal property without my permission, right? <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> Might not get very far, but, you know, you can maybe get in front of a magistrate and say, hey, you know. I mean, it's his personal property. Did man. your buddy levy any know. charges against her? No, no, he didn't want to press charges against her. But she took the, I believe him, he says that he, he, she took the keys without his permission. He's down, he's down in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, down that way. Well, okay, but so, if they didn't press charges, then, then the then cops don't know who to believe, her or you, the buddy. So they're going to yeah, look down the car. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's on private property, the car, I don't see why they'd have to impound it anyway. You know, if it was causing a hazard in the way of traffic, why would it, you know, he said it was parked in a driveway. They pulled it in the driveway. There's another issue right there. Well, you know? I mean, I'm not going to assume that since she was, she had a uh, warrant out for her arrest, that anything that she's um, affiliated with, such as the car, which could have been used for her escape, they're going to impound it as, as evidence. No evidence for what? It wasn't committed a crime. That car wasn't, yeah, yeah, wasn't involved have. in a crime. Well, they don't know then. Yes, I'm the charge. Well, we don't gangster. know. We don't now, know. We don't crazy. know you're a serial killer. So we're going to start arresting you. Arrest you and throw you in jail too. I mean, that's, that's you know that doesn't make sense. What you just said right there, Joe. They don't know no, that. If, they don't if, have if to know says, that. If he says she stole the car and he's not pressing charges again. But he's not obligated. He doesn't have to press charges, you know. I wish he'd press one and well, tell yeah, the story for me. <laughs> it makes him look like he's party to the crime. Yeah, there he is. He just pressed one. There he is. He just pressed one. Hang on, he just pressed one. 
Hang on, you press one. Go ahead there, Florida. Okay. Well, what do you want me to say, Joe? You done summed it up. Well, okay, so that's the whole story, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I okay. don't know what All to right. do, man. I mean, it's uh, the impact just hasn't gotten so high. I, I mean, I don't know what to do here, man. I just want my car back. Yeah. I haven't done yeah. anything wrong. I mean, I didn't give her the keys. I mean, uh, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yes, you know. Oh, but he's I saying if you don't press charges, I mean, go ahead, Joe. What? Oh, yeah, but if the guy, if the, didn't the cop say to you, whose car is it? You say it's mine. How come she has it? Well, she stole it. Then you don't press charges, and now your car is impounded. It seems, uh, I'm on the face of it, that you and she are in collaboration with each other. No, he wasn't there, Joe. He wasn't there. He wasn't at the Nobody scene. even asked me. Nobody even called me. I just find out. Yeah. Uh, he, he got a letter in the mail. That it's been impounded. And yeah. I didn't give her the keys. I just slept with her, and I woke up one morning, and she took my keys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't yeah, tell her to take I don't know who's going to get though. So you're going to have to go for the long... Stolen? If you, when you noticed your keys were missing, did you report it as stolen? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, Wait, you know, I didn't, didn't, didn't report that the cars, the car keys, or the car missing. Sounds fishy. Well, he, well, Joe, no, Joe. Obviously, it's common sense. He knew she took it, probably. You know, but he, he, he did not give her permission to take it, though. He didn't want to get her in trouble. You know, I mean, if you're my buddy, Joe, and you're hanging out with my house, and you take my car without my permission, and I'm your friend, I don't want to jam you up and have you arrested. I'm just pissed off at you. You know, it's one of those deals. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but he just, but uh, I'm, I'm the situation with okay, him and this girl. He, he just said. He just so what's that? I don't. Doesn't sound like it's a relationship. Sounds like a pickup. And if it's somebody that you don't know well, don't trust. Then why would you want to protect her? Uh, well, I really don't want to protect her. And not only that, uh, what, let's just say, oh, charges against her. Hey, who's that going to leave? Is that going to get my car back? Yeah, pressing charges ain't going to get his car back anyway. Who's keen on the keyboard? The background. <laughs> 407, hey, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, hey, Joe, um, I, I got, I don't know if I got the right answer here, but I, I, I got much of my driving career was in a tow truck. If you parked in my yard, I can say, call the police and I, like, I need it removed, and, and they'll remove it. And then whenever you go sure. down to pick it up, you're like, man, what's the problem? I just pulled over because I had to run in the store. Yeah, but I won't, I don't, I didn't give you the right to park here, so I called them and they towed it away. And they have to get my permission to tow it because, you know, they got, I'll, I'll say yes, you know, you, you like parking lots, they'll have a no sign, no parking sign, and if you pull in there, yep. it gets towed away. And then and then whenever it gets there, uh, you basically got to pay the towing and storage to get it back. You got to prove it's your car. You can do that. But the par- reason you, you know, the thing is, is not reporting it stolen, and I'm getting out of my league now on this, not reporting it stolen is probably why they didn't say, hey, come get your car, you know. If you would have reported a yeah. car stolen, they would have said, okay, come get your car and yeah, take it home. Make sense that's to me. That, that's that Ron Rick consent deal. You consented to her taking it because you didn't report it stolen. 
Yeah, and, and it's on private property, so they can move it to the tow truck company. I thought when it was on private property, they had to get permission from the owner to get it removed. You you do you do you got you know you know if it's on the, the side of the road. The owner of the property. The owner of the property. The pro- Doesn't that yeah, take a couple property. days? Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing of it is, is that obviously, yeah, we, well, you know, like I said, he's he's a victim though. He's a victim of a crime. But, but why why should he be obligated to press charges and go through the circus of the courts? And, you know, and then he's got to go to court. He's got to testify. Got to go to court nineteen times. Who the hell wants to do that crap? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if the girl well, was could, just caught drunk driving, it's one thing. But you just said a few minutes ago that why did they me? Towing my car. There's a warrant out for his, for her arrest. They Tell me they were towing my car. Should not yeah, why didn't they come to him? Should yeah, they call yeah, me? Come to him? Yeah, why you know, didn't why they, they notify the owner of the car? Well, you know, because she's driving the car, and he and the cops didn't ask whose car this is. It's not registered to your name. You know, doesn't that didn't they conduct an investigation? Right. Should not. And then, no, and then you it? know. If they stopped you know the cops, they would ask for, for registration and um, and insurance and everything. Maybe she went inside the um, the glove compartment, pulled it out, gave it to them, found out it belonged to your buddy. Then that's how they got notice to send to him. If he wasn't around there at the scene of the um, of the of the towing or the crime, then he's lucky. They just sent them an impound notice. But I'm assuming. That because the girl had a warrant out for her arrest, not because she was pulled over for drunk driving or for swerving or anything like that. They had to arrest her. They had to arrest her, and this guy is not pressing charges against a girl <laughs> who obviously is on the run or has some kind of warrant out against her. They're going to think they're in collaboration with each other. Yeah. Hey, Florida. Florida. Have yes, you been able to talk? You've been able to talk to this woman and ask her if she will cover the charges to get your car out for you since she's the one that brought these charges against you? Uh, no, sir, I haven't because she's still in jail. I believe they extradited her to another state. And I don't know. Oh, uh, and from her. Now, hey, listen, guys. Right now, I want to save my car. I want my car back. That is the the issue here, guys. I want my car back. Why should they be able to keep my goddamn car? Yeah, it's his property. Also, I have another question for you, Florida. The the girl that had the warrant out, do you know what kind of warrant was for her arrest? No, sir. I didn't know she had a warrant, and uh, if I did, I, I would have never uh, slept with her, or or allowed her to uh, have access to my keys, uh, or anything like that. But uh, no, sir, yeah. I did. I did not know she had a warrant. Just for your knowledge, I don't know what warrant it is, or anything like that. Yeah. The- just for your knowledge and anybody else listening, most of everybody listening probably already knows. But the reason I was asking is because in many states, if depending on why she had a warrant, if, especially if it had anything to do with drugs, civil asset forfeiture will confiscate your car and hold it for evidence for reasons, and that will complicate your issue. But we were oh, not yeah. there. 
we were not there at the at the scene and heard what she said to the police officer. So I she could have, have also oh, tried to claim that you were her husband and completely made it even that more complex. I have called the uh, impound uh, place that, that impounded it, and they uh, have not said anything like that. All they wanted was uh, money from me. Yeah, of course. And, yeah, of course. And I'm not able to come up you that about? they want. <laughs> What's that? What's that, Joe? So why are they going to inform you about anything? They want their money, and that's all they're concerned about. It's up to you to find out what's happening to get your car back. And maybe you should, um, you know, since the chick was extradited, it doesn't sound like she's coming. She could be coming back down to this state. But it sounds to me like you you picked up a hooker that um, had a bad record. <laughs> well, not only that, at the, at, at the end of 30 days, if you don't pick it up, then they'll move the car to the back back there and file a uh, um, for a, a title for the 30 days of, of uh, storage and towing, yeah. and then they get a title yeah. from the, a lien. They get a lien on it. They get a title, and then that's why I, uh, I, I worked for two different record companies, and both of them, had, they were partners in a, to- a, a, a car lot because they got these cars, you know, because people didn't come and pick them up for whatever reason. They got a title and then they sold them. And that, that's, that's a racket. They're at. That's a racket. That's a racket, huh? It where is. they're at, with, they're about uh, to auction it off. But well, I um, have. They they do it. They do it at the end. I of, issue well, here's the whole thing. But here's the whole thing. Uh, I worked for a guy that would have a, a auction. He had to prove he had an auction, right? And it was public. But he he would announce it like at three thirty on Sunday morning. And there'll be a couple guys there, and, and and it was always his partners that either one of them owned the junkyard and the other one owned the car dealership. Oh Lord! And they got yeah, racket. They, and and they, he, yeah, it's a game. It's a game. <laughs> wow, that's taking advantage of people, you know. Or uh, you know, a couple dollars. Yeah, you can go to the auction and probably buy it back. Yeah, the fine yeah. is eight hundred. Sure you can get a Florida lawyer for a lot less than eight hundred dollars to investigate this for about uh, two, three, or four hours of his time, and then to find out the real reason is. Yeah. Well, he, he can have yeah, he can have a lawyer or somebody who knows the law and call down there and talk to the police, and I'm sure they'll probably yeah. release it for and just pay the service fee because that's what they told me today on the phone. You know. So the service, and know, I don't which, have which a, can, you know, and I do not have a problem with paying the uh, the towing fee. You know what yeah. I mean? A yeah, couple hundred yeah. dollars. They want like eight hundred freaking dollars, guys. Yeah, that's ridiculous, yeah. man. That's extortion, man. You know. So you talked to they somebody know. today, Joseph Gibson, that told you that yeah. they would accept. Well, shoot, man, right there's your answer. Go do that if you got the money. Well, no, I, well, I got to talk to the arresting officer. They, they, he wasn't there today, so I got to talk to him tomorrow. Because, you know, because he, he can call the towing place and call him and say, hey, give the guy get back his car, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, and he can make a deal, you know what I mean? I guess because, yeah, I guess they got a contract with this place, you know? So, you know, because they're not going to give the police a hard time because they work for the police department. You know, they, they go around picking up all the cars for them. So if the cop says, hey, let it go for them for a couple hundred bucks, you know they're going to do it, you know? So it's called the juice car, and, you know? They, they make a killing anyway. And it, it, is, yeah. it, is it is extraordinary. Hey, hey, what happened to me when they pulled my car over? Remember how I gave them hell up there? 
<laughs> you were trying to get me out of there, remember? I was like, yeah, a bunch of criminals, you bastards, tons of bitches. <laughs> remember that German Shepherds on me and everything that day? For a seatbelt. Seatbelt ticket. <laughs> you know? Joe, you're saying Where's Ron? Does Ron know anything about this? And then when Joe went to court, he, he protested the uh, seatbelt ticket. He wanted to take yeah. it to a trial. He wanted to take it to trial. <laughs> uh, okay, Joe. Good. I told you. That was. And they ended up arresting me. <laughs> Prosecutor goes, oh, so boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> no. He was with me. He got a seatbelt ticket, too. They just they dismissed his ticket. They dropped it. <laughs> and then, and because I wanted to fight mine, they hit me over the head and arrested me. <laughs> That's because I got a traffic ticket that for going the wrong way, and then I fought it in court and won. But that's you know that's not the same thing as this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm an anti. Remember, I'm a I'm a I'm an activist. You know, as they say, I'm an extremist activist. <laughs> hey, so yeah, Ryan, I'm an extremist activist to restore our republic. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You know? Extremist activist. What is that? An extremist activist. What do you think, Dale? The da- da- Dale down there in Florida. What do you think? I'm extremist. <laughs> it depends so. on what. What you're extremist. Hey, 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 tell him about the time the state trooper pulled me over. Remember, the state trooper pulled me over, and with the, uh, and I was arguing with him for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. You were one of those state people state that, and I uh, didn't want to pay. Uh, have a license and uh, uh, license plate and all that shit. <laughs> you were sovereign. You were sovereign. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Kept him on the side of the road for two hours arguing with him. He just said sovereign. Did you argue the sovereign narrative? No, no, I didn't say I was a sovereign. I just said, you know, I was telling him, look, Mike, I have a driver's license, you know. I said, what are you going to do when they confiscate guns? You going to come confiscate guns, too? You know, I had a big thing about, you know, not here, you know, what do you pull me over for? We're out working, man. I'm out working. You know, I got, I'm paying a guy by the hour here. He's pulling me over, you know. I mean, well, oh, first he says I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, you know. He turned around and came after me. I, I, ne- I never wore my seatbelt. I'm not wearing no damn seatbelt, you know. So I think time it was a uh, 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 a tail light out of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Oh yeah, tail light out. Yep. That time, but he was at. Yeah, that time. How many times did I get pulled over? About a dozen, right? Many times. You got an album pulling over by these cops. Fuck! You got you got to exactly. stop being in the cops' eyes. <laughs> and that's and not our friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, this was a long time ago. This is better. when I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were, we, we, we were out there running the roads, burning up the roads. No. Joe, you ain't got uh, a record. I, you got an album. Yeah. Part <laughs> <laughs> one and part two. <laughs> well, the thing is, check this out. Well, one of my workers, one of my workers, and Dale knows him, just passed away, actually. He died. He worked for me for 15 years. He passed away last weekend. So... Yeah, you know, so it was a with blood clot. They said, "Did I tell you that deal? Blood clot." They said, "Yeah, they said he had a blood clot." No, yeah. was uh, this before so. you started the landscaping business? 
Yeah, okay. yeah. So I had a bunch of people working for me. Yeah, I was working for many um, years. How many days, how many years did I do that landscaping with you? Uh, I was doing land about seventeen years down here. Yes, almost twenty years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So did a bit, yeah, and then you know it was, it was made good money. Man, we had wow. yards all over the place. Where are my walks? What? Where's my walk? My walk. <laughs> I didn't know you were a cook, Joe. You were a cook. This Chinese woman called cook. me a crook one day. I wish I had no grass. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention yeah, we... I'm black, Swedish, Chinese, too, and and a trunk, and a tree trunk. I can change identities anytime. <laughs> you, you ever hear a person say they wish they had no grass? That's how cheap this lady was. She said she wished she had no grass. <laughs> you know, no, what the hell are hiring me for then, you know? I wish I had no grass. <laughs> I hear you know that. I wish no grass. Unbelievable. And they had a, a they had like a convenience store, right? And they washed their clothes there because it was uh it was a uh, uh, well water instead of yeah. washing them at their their house where it took city water. They remember they hung their. <laughs> Close out on the yeah. line in the back when we mowed the yard. And the, hey, the, how about the people the, we were aerating that, that were doing the prayers? Remember they were praying? Yeah. <laughs> chanting. Chanting. Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so please don't charge me so much. Don't charge me too much. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, man, oh, man. Uh, one guy one guy paid, uh, paid me to mow his grass all year, and I never had to mow it one time. So I took him to court. <laughs> Some of the bitch wanted to tend to get out of trying to pay me. I took him to court and sued his ass. He broke for a violation of the contract, and he ended up paying me for cut his grass all year and never had to mow it one time. You know? You hooked him I mean, good, didn't you? What's that? You hooked him good, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hooked him right in. Hooked real on century. Well, the guy was a wise-ass man. You know, he was stringing me along, stringing me along. I said, man, I'm going you know, come on, man. After a month, you got to pay, you know? I mean, you guys wanted your money. Hey, Joe, you guys hounded me. Is this, um, is this true? I saw a YouTube video the other day where a contractor he was doing the pay on the um, uh, the driveway of this, of this particular customer. And he finished doing the driveway, and then the customer says, nah, it's a lousy job. I'm not paying. So the, <laughs> so the contractor comes back with a pickaxe, he and his employee, and they hop up the, uh, the driveway. And they say, okay. it's a racket. A lot of customers, they say, Nah, this this is a shit job, and then they refuse to pay. Is that a racket by oh uh, by consumers? Yeah, yeah, people pull that crap. I've seen oh, yeah? every scam in the book. People, oh yeah, people, I'll be right back to pay you. They never show up. You know, the checks in the mail. Uh-huh. But what I see, I, I I don't do that. I wouldn't do that. What I do is I just take them to court, and then they pay. Then they pay me for the whole year. You know. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? They come quadruple the price. Then they be you know, contract. Like that? They actually will. Oh, yeah. Have a have a have people out there for a month or two weeks or whatever time it takes in order to drive to pave the driveway or fix the backyard or do something with the house, and then at the end of all that time, they say, "Ah, oh, no, nah, this is a shit job," and then they refuse to pay. They couldn't say it in the middle of the um of the construction. Yeah. No, yeah. they had to wait till ninety nine percent finished. Fucking I never asshole. got out. I, I, I never got burned. You can ask Dale on the phone. I always got my money, man. Always. One guy <laughs> said he was going to, wasn't, remember Watlington Dale? He said he, was, I mean, he wasn't going to pay me another nickel, remember? 
<laughs> yeah. he, he swore he wasn't going to pay me, and I walked off that front porch for 550 bucks. You know? <laughs> so he wasn't going, he wasn't going down. You got paid yeah. for the rest of the year. I was yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but we did some tough jobs, though. I mean, I'm talking about tough, tough more jobs, man. I mean, yeah, but, but, I mean, big jobs. Remember that plastic job we did in the woods there? I mean, we we had dump truck load after dump truck load of plastic debris. Oh Lord, Bob, Bob, Bob Barrett, yeah, man, oh man, that was something. Remember when I blew the leaves in the lake, and I and I and I, and I told him I was EPA. <laughs> you remember that wall? Uh, we did. Uh, uh, it was right there. Oh yeah, and- Mrs. Reed. Yeah, yeah, the wall, that wall, the wall job. <laughs> ten foot tall. Yeah, it's still there. It's still there, man. That wall's still standing. We did a good job. So who built <laughs> I don't it? Know how it? Yeah. You know who? <laughs> who built it? Me. Yeah, you. <laughs> you had seven guys helping you, man. You had seven guys <laughs> helping you. <laughs> I know what. You know, but. But yeah, well, it was, it, they, so you see that news report about them calling me a Nazi, the Nazi. Now you know I ain't no oh, Nazi. That's BS. Come on, yeah, man. Israel, well, imagine now if I was landscaping hey. now, doing my landscaping, what the customers would say. Hey. I bet that hurt my business. Right now, you you hey. always been uh, American. Uh, American shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Nazi crap. Anyway. So, but so how's the weather down there in New Smyrna Beach? How is it down there? That, yeah, that, that's the number one shark attack place, man. I was reading about that. Man, you get you go in the yeah. water down there, you get eaten by a shark. New Smyrna Beach is the number one shark attack uh, to get wow. bitten by. In in uh, the United States, I believe. In the world. In yeah. the world. So, My girls say in the world. In the world. Yeah. That's hard to believe, but I know it is in the United States. Hey, and not only that, they got a movie they're filming down here, uh, Formula One with uh, Brad Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt. He's already been here. We're here really? in Smyrna. Yeah, he was here last weekend. He caught the uh, some. A commotion at uh, this local bar, Norwoods, over in here. I guess he's trying to, him and his posse tried to shut their ass or whatever. But, really? Uh, they're filming a movie on the 12th. I believe it's the 12th. Man, I would like to be down there, man. For what? I'd go down there and meet Brad Pitt, man, get, get some <laughs> movie connections. Maybe make a movie out of my book, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Right? You know me. I get on there. I start. You know, I could talk him into anything. You know, and be a salesman. You know, give him show him the book, whatever. He, yeah, there you go. Brad Pitt can play me, huh? <laughs> well, I'm wondering if Angela Jolie's gonna be down here too. I haven't seen her. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> All right, I, they're not married anymore, though. Yeah. Oh, they're not. Really. I don't think so. Oh. Then she's oh. single. She's single. There you go. 
Yeah, I don't think they're married. You're right, Boyd. I don't think they're married. So anybody got anything they want to add here at the end here? We're going to get ready to wrap it up. It's getting late, man. I got campaign stuff to do. Any campaign advice for me? Get, oh, yeah, I got to get give you, uh, send you that uh, that uh, the, uh, county stuff so you can do your absentee ballot. So you can vote for me, Gail. Yeah, sir. Yeah, send it to me, Yeah. yeah. I'm after you after your hangover tomorrow, so wake snap out of it. Well, yeah. <laughs> anybody else got anything they want to add here real quick before I wrap it up? Boyd, Sarge, John Doe, everybody else is pretty much hey, Yeah. You know, something just crossed my mind. You know, with them calling you a Nazi and shit down there. Yeah. You ought to log you ought to log into the BLM website. And join and get a card. There you go, right? Or or convert to Judaism, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right, man. I mean, mm-hmm. what would they say then? I don't know. What would they? You know. Well, hey, Joe, I'm Joe, gonna go some, Joe, yeah. yo, there's something I want you to see before you before you shut up the show. Or, go ahead. Go to the chat room. I've been going back and forth with this dumbass uh, B. Wise, the serpent. He always tells me I don't know anything and all this other stuff. And when I was talking yeah. about Mein Kampf, he said Hitler didn't write Mein Kampf. And we got into a big discussion. And he said, I didn't know anything. So I asked him a very basic question. I asked him, when did Adolf Hitler become a German citizen? Because as you know, he was born a citizen of the Austri- Austro-Hungarian Empire. He was not born a German. Yeah. He was an Austrian. And he didn't know. He didn't know. I kept asking him. He kept asking him. I kept asking him. He, didn't, he couldn't answer. So I put it in the chat room, and he didn't even pay any attention to what I wrote. He still wants to solve me that I was stupid and I don't know nothing. I just want yeah, you to see it. I get sick of it. I, I, I just want you to see it because I get sick of his shit. I get sick of him. He yeah. does that shit all the time. Now I'd have whooped his ass. I'd have whooped his ass. And he ain't got nothing to say, so he's still going to make his little stupid, vapid, empty insults. But he does that because that's the way he rolls. But let me just set it for the record. On 23 February 1932, Hitler became a German citizen under German law when a guy who was the premier president of the state of Brunswick appointed him the minister of the interior of the state of Brunswick. That's how Hitler became a German citizen. You now, go. you would think Mr. Scholar there, who's going to tell me, I don't know nothing about Adolf Hitler. He knows everything about Hitler. He didn't even know that basic fact. And he reports himself to be a scholar. I can't right. stand well, smarty pants motherfuckers. Hey, hey, I can't stand smarty pants motherfuckers like him, who look down their noses as everybody else. We, well, we got to play them for him. Let's play some George Carlin for him. And, 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 and then he says, then he says, I'm still stuck on this shit, but it's all got. Motherfucker, get your ass on this show. Me and Joe Gibson will set it up. We'll talk about the history of Third Reich and Adolf Hitler from the time he entered the German army up until the Fuhrer bunker in 1945. I dare your ass to come on and debate me. I dare you. Yeah, tomorrow night. You tomorrow night. Sarge. Sarge. Go ahead. You know, you know that 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 pussy. Not only will not debate you on the air, because he can't back up anything he fucking says with any fucking well, facts. And that's he, obvious. Let me play some George Carlin, guys. Pet, he would be, he would be, he would be petrified. He would be petrified 
to piss his pants if we ever met face-to-face because he knows that you would probably end up pulling his head out of his ass and making him see the fucking world. I might have to do that to pump a little knowledge into it. But in the meantime, yeah. I'm willing to take him on in a debate if he thinks I don't know that. I mean, after all, you ought to be able to trounce me easily with his superior knowledge. I mean, I should well, be just a question apart. But you know what? Hey, you night. know what? He doesn't have he doesn't have the guts to call in. That's what it is. He ain't got the guts. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, play some Carlin here. Filled with interesting things. And by, well, and by the way, I just want to make it clear. Too much my, the, extent, the, extent, the extent of my formal education, I got a GED to go in the Army. And when I got out of the Army, I spent about four years in a junior, four months in a junior college in Chicago. And that is the extent of my formal education. And I will still kick his goddamn ass. Right, so I'm trying to pretend. Hey, I, hey, I'm not trying to pretend I'm something I'm not. But I'll still kick his ass. All right. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., V.Y. Serpent, if you want to debate us. Here we go. Let's call in, call in, call in, bud. Let's get it the fuck on. I'm having too much fun. Yeah, but you folks, you know. Watching what you do. You know, the human behavior. That's what I like. The problem. do some really interesting things. guys. besides killing ourselves, we also kill each other. Murder. And we're the only ones who do that, by the way. Humans are the only species on Earth that deliberately kills members of another species for personal gain or pleasure. Sometimes it's just fun. We're also the only species that deliberately kills members of another species for personal gain or pleasure. That's what hunters do. They kill for pleasure. That's us, human beings, interesting folks, murderers. Here's an interesting form of murder we come up with, assassination. You know what's interesting about assassination? Well, not only does it change those popularity polls in a big fucking hurry, but it's also interesting to notice who it is we assassinate. Do you ever notice who it is? Stop to think of who it is we kill. It's always people who've told us to live together in harmony and try to love one another. Jesus, Gandhi, Lincoln, John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, John Lennon. They all said, try to live together peacefully. Bam! Apparently, we're not ready for that. Yeah, that's difficult behavior for us. Not too bright, folks. Not too bright. But if you talk to one of them about this, if you isolate one of them, you sit them down rationally, and you talk to them about the low IQs and the dumb behavior and the bad decisions, right away they start talking about education. That's the big answer to everything. Education. They say, we need more money for education. We need more, more, more books, more teachers, more classrooms, more schools. Uh, we need more testing for the kids. You say to them, well, you know, we've tried all of that, and the kids still can't pass the test. They say, ah, oh, don't you worry about that. We're going to lower the passing grades. And that's what they do in a lot of these schools now. They lower the passing grades so more kids can pass. More kids pass. The school looks good. Everybody's happy. The IQ of the country slips another two or three points. And pretty soon, all you'll need to get into college is a pencil. <laughs> Got a pencil? Get in there. It's physics. Then everyone wonders why 17 other countries graduate more scientists than we do. Education. Politicians know that word. They use it on you. Politicians have traditionally hidden behind three things. The flag, the Bible, and children. No child left behind. No child left behind. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't long ago you were talking about giving kids a head start. Head start, left behind. Someone's losing ground here. (laughs) But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. 
because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The big, re the wealthy, that, the real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. They're, they're, they're irrelevant. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the State Houses, the City Halls. They've got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media, media news, all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interests. That's right. You know something? They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Man. You know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. But say what you want about America, folks. Yeah. You can uh, say what you want about Americans. You can call them smart, dumb, ignorant, innocent, naive, gullible, easily led, whatever you want. You're going to have to deal with them. You're going to have to deal with them because you're in the television business now. You got the all-suicide channel on cable TV. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. It is a big idea. 
a new world order. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just pancakes. All you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Fairly simple thing happens to work. Do you know anything different? That's what they're going to talk about. Race, religion, ethnic and national background, jobs, income, education, social status, sexuality, anything you can do, keep us fighting with each other so that they can keep going to the bank. You know how I describe the economic and social classes in this country? The upper class keeps all of the money, pays none of the taxes. The middle class pays all of the taxes, does all of the work. The poor are there just to scare the shit out of the middle class. Keep them showing up at those jobs. They're all the same. I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. A handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever an elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what your promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, 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 when you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialists, capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room in this little... Uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down and a big guy in a cigar rolled a film and it's a shot of the Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before that <laughs> looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll and then the film the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president any questions uh, just what my agenda is First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. 